0: We
1: love Mario Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Forty Ounce Fridays podcast. This is technically episode one thirty four, but since we did our universe reset that Ryan doesn't know about, so don't tell him. Uh, this is technically episode one.
2: Yeah, my name is Irene, by the way. <laughs> our ending song
1: is now. Um... <laughs> Over the... <laughs> <laughs> oh oh shit! Okay, but yeah. So this is this is this is like our, our steel ball run run, steel ball drunk run. Yeah, we're we're finally uh reset refreshed. And we said we were gonna be back in a month. It's been two months. I lied. Whatever. When was the last time I was accurate about timing on anything oh, on this podcast? A, a lot of shit happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know we're here yeah. and technically. You're getting like episodes back to back because we're recording this on the 28th and I released an episode zero as of the 28th. So you already got one episode out of the way. It's a short one. Uh, we don't have to talk about my wedding because I, I talked about the wedding the whole time
2: on that. Oh, man. <laughs> if you want to bring up anything, you can. <laughs> I'll bring up some things. Okay.
1: But yeah. So if we're they, back at it. If they're relevant. <laughs> and we're, we're going to get the thing, the ball rolling. It's been a minute. I actually have not seen Ryan since the wedding. Yeah,
2: so right? Ryan, how are you? Oh, well, <laughs> thank you for asking. Um, well, the reason why it really got pushed back was on my fault. Um, I I moved. I moved uh, to a different city. I'm not gonna tell you fucking creeps listening where I am. He lives in but, Bakersfield. Yeah, I live in Bakersfield. There's <laughs> actually a. Bakersfield is a bullshit city, but there's one cool brewery I went to. But it could have been cooler. Anyway.
1: Bakersfield sounds like a city with like one cool thing in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's <just laughs> like, yeah, this is all this town's
2: worth. You know what? Actually, so you know what I did when I was there? What? Um, I was with Marilyn, her um, sister, and her brother-in-law and yeah. their baby. And I looked around at the, the crowd of people around me. And I realized that they all look like me and not like the people i'm with so <laughs> i thought it would be really fun because i noticed i had one of those touch tunes machines and i started playing banda all night
1: How, how'd they feel about that?
2: i think some people were annoyed but surprisingly a lot of people didn't mind
1: okay Baker as far sure. as i know you get a point you yeah point just one <laughs> just one okay just one but better
2: yeah better than nothing i uh i moved and that was a whole ass process I bet. Um, I got... It was initially because we ended up paying rent for that last month and our first month at the same time. So we had a whole month to move. Mm. And at first we were going to do it really slow. But I walked into those doors, a nice... Well, the upstairs part sucked at one point, but it's nice now. Okay. Upstairs, two Wait, you bedroom. got an upstairs? Yeah. Uh-oh.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: I got an upstairs, um, two bed, one bath, balcony. Kind of like this, but a little different. Um, that's dope. Two beds. Yeah. yeah. So the guinea pigs have their own room. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> that's honestly cute as <laughs> Like, our desk's in there, but that's their room. Mm. From 10pm uh, to 3am, that's my room. Oh, yeah. I got Nice. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, no, it was crazy. Uh, yeah, dude, that's I ended up doing a lot of the moving myself. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, I did... Um, <laughs> I got one of the one of those uh utility dollies i was carry. i carried up the fridge i carried up dressers shit is nice have you used one of those no uh
1: when i moved i didn't have anything like that heavy that i needed something like that okay if i ever when we do move again whenever that'll be i probably will did i have a lot more stuff coming leaving the house that i did when i came in
2: years ago did this one have come with a fridge the, the apartment? Yeah, it came with that fridge. Oh, you lucky fuck. Oh, you, have <laughs> you a fridge? little lucky fuck. <laughs> Granted,
1: our fridge is old as shit, but it's yeah, a fridge. We had a fridge. It's a free
2: <laughs> fridge that is not going to set you back a lot. Yeah. I was not going to get a new fridge this time. So I carried that fucker up. <laughs> Good on you. Yeah.
1: To be fair, my cheap ass would probably be the same thing. <laughs> I'd be like, no, fuck it. I'm just going to struggle with this until. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I um I actually at the cuz I decided I wanted to just move in right away cuz mm. I loved it. Um, I got everything in within like 2 days. Nice. Um, minus little things like signs that were on the walls or mm. shelves, like course, stuff that we didn't naturally. need. Um and let me tell you at the end of the day, I I don't know if it was just a strain or from drinking a lot of water consecutively through the day because it was fucking hot. Mm. I threw up that night.
1: I mean you pick the best time to move. (laughs) Yeah. I really did. I really fucking did, didn't I? It is burning up out here in California.
2: But we have an AC. Oh, there you go.
1: Yeah. Big W. Always a win.
2: It's for some reason in the corner in the kitchen where our table is, so it doesn't really spread further than the kitchen, but I got a, a works a job site fan, one of the little job site fans. Ooh. I set it up by the AC, and I have it blowing diagonally up into the living room. Nice. Okay. And it kind of yeah. works. No, that's how I felt
1: when when I got my room. I was like, AC in the bathroom. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> huh. I was like, huh. I have a big window. right? You know,
2: okay. That's, I just now realized. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, i So, seen so it. when I use the, it only works for my room. It's not going to spread throughout the house so i was like oh that sucks but at the same time cool i have acmer <laughs> yeah um
2: wait they don't so they didn't have anything no nah. damn bro they
1: have they have a bunch of fans they had better fans than we did. we finally got the like, power fan.
2: oh that's a nice one so
1: it's been really nice but uh i also learned the hard way you can't just have a fan blow full blast in your face that powerful because it dried my throat out and i had a sore throat for like four
2: days yeah <laughs> dude yeah you gotta be careful with fans
1: because cuz I'm not used to something like that strong. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is nice." And then I woke up one morning and I was like, yeah. "Oh." <laughs> but nice. Yeah. I remember when, when you when you texted me you were like, "Sorry, dude, not feeling well." Yeah. Just got finished moving. I was like, "Moving." <laughs> I was confused. I was
2: like, it. "It was what? very spur of the moment." Mm-hmm. It was just one day we were like, "Let's let's look. Let's look." Okay. And then we and applied you... to a house. We mm-hmm. almost got it but we didn't and we we're like well let's just keep looking around because we really wanted to get out of where we were for yeah. a lot of reasons um but yeah then we found this one it was quick and easy well dope
1: okay i gotta come over fuck you spot up so
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have we're, we're like nobody's allowed over it's just us no nah, you can come over <laughs>
1: I, I i would not even blame you it's it's very nice
2: How are you man i'm good
1: I, I mean i absolutely should be good i have a whole ass person i married that lives in this room with me now
0: <laughs>
1: it's it's been nice it actually really has like uh we 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 pretty much had the honeymoon in vegas so we were there for like another three full days nice and then on the seventh day that's that's when we left we had a long ass bus ride then long ass Uber ride home but then we were home and we got settled in she settled in real nice uh we we do mundane activities like grocery shop go for walks yeah but um i said it in the last podcast it's it's nice it's like it's like legitly nice it's a very nice feeling to uh just do simple stuff like that with someone you really really enjoy being around it makes the experience like better yeah it's hard to describe i don't want to say like oh it's only fun because someone else is with you it's it's like a moment in time where you're just like wow i really like this This no it's great
2: it's a completely different feeling like i love
1: this (laughs) so i'm i'm fully getting into the life of just being a 30 year old man soon and just being old and really not liking kids and my knees not working like they used
2: to but i'm happy (laughs) dude can i oh fuck can i tell you something real quick hmm I had a dream last night, a really vivid dream. A lot of shit happened in that dream,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so I'm not gonna go over everything. But there was, I don't actually, I don't remember if it was last night or the night before. I've had very vivid dreams the last two days. Um, but one of them was me having a mental breakdown at the age of 30. Oh no.
1: <laughs> right.
2: And I'm fucking terrified.
1: Oh god, that, yeah, that's coming real close. It's about to yeah. be August of. 29th year.
2: Dude, we're we're 30 in just like
1: not a couple months, but a little more. That's that's going to be our whole marketing for the podcast. I've already been saying we're just like two near middle-aged men. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, you know, get getting prepared for that. But yeah, I'm doing good. I'm nice. Doing good. Doing the same old same old. Slowly got back into the work stuff is like I, I took all the of June off, so I eased my way back doing UU videos again. And one already is came back up. I talked about uh the Yu, Yu Hakusho movie. Oh yeah. The the Golden Seal one. Yeah, I saw that. I one watched pop it, up. the the fun the Funimation dub. Oh okay. I had a Funimation dub of it. So when I got the OBAs for it, I watched that one. Still not a good movie. Better dub. Still still not a good movie.
2: Still, yeah, I can imagine.
1: <laughs> like, I was like, Fuck, yeah, man. it's still pretty bad. <laughs> um, yeah, it has the spirit of Yu Yu Hakusho. It's just not good. It's and not then cool. uh, tomorrow on the 29th I have a. Uh, we're finally starting the Dark Tournament stuff. Okay. So it's just like pre Dark Tournament, like when uh, Tagoro pulled up and threatened Yusuke, yeah, in the training and stuff. So I stopped right before Kuwabara versus Rinku. Okay. So next episode will be uh, Team Yoromeshi versus Team Rikuyukai. So they do all of that.
2: So this is a new universe. So I haven't made this joke yet. But are you going to make a whole episode on um, rugby? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, okay. a hundred. Okay. I I promise you, rugby's yeah. getting a
1: full, getting a full episode dedicated to himself because it's such an anomaly. <laughs> I kind of low key want to research like why did they do that. Yeah, I want to find out. What was the point of this? What was the point of this Like, every
2: single detail down to, like, who imagined this character? Character. What were the motivations behind it? Do they have a backstory?
1: Yeah, so people, if you've only watched the anime of Yu Yu Hakusho or you haven't watched Yu Yu Hakusho at all, don't worry about it. I'm not going to spoil too much. But uh, there's this character in it during uh, the Dark Tournament arc, and he's a part of a, a canon team. Like, this team was in the manga, but for some reason, this character is only in the anime. And his name is Rugby. Uh, the reason why his name is Rugby is he's a demon that summons rugby balls made of demon energy and he throws them at you and I don't know why he's there like yeah, I've always like wondered why do you exist because he doesn't even fit the the, the theme of the team. Yeah. The team is called the Spirit Warriors, and they're all these different kind of fighters. They use different kind of weapons or, like, martial arts styles. Like, one of them's named Daisuke, and he's, like, a sumo wrestler and stuff like that. But then they just had rugby yeah. as, like, an alternate team member. And that's like, huh? You got to do it with, like, a hammer and a trident and a spear and then rugby. <laughs> and he was only there for, like, three minutes. He shows up, attacks Yusuke, and then dies. <laughs> so I really want to kind of like try to find any information I can as to why they needed to fill that time. Yeah, with him being. <laughs> but um, I reading the manga again has been fun to compare it to like the anime because there's some things I never realized, like uh, you know how Tagoro threatens Yusuke like, "Hey man, enter the tournament or I'm gonna kill you and everyone you love." after he breaks the building down around him yeah i've f- so i forgot about the stuff of the manga because it's been so long since i read it when he approaches yusuke it's totally different in the manga and i low-key kind of like it more because you know yusuke goes out with keiko and then like the wall destroyed and Tagoro pulls up on his motorcycle yeah He's like, come on yusuke we got talk in the manga yusuke is at school so the ch- it it goes to, Kua, you know, Kobar being all sad. Yukina left, them joking around. Yeah. And then Tagoro is at the front of the school. Oh, fuck Like, that. waiting for him to shoot. So, and then they go to the construction building, like, the, the site. And then he powers up to 60%. And he's like, I could level this building in three minutes. You want to see me do it? And then he phases behind Yusuke, tells him, yo... There's going to be a dark tournament in two months. You and Kuwabara are guests. You have to go. If you don't, I'll kill you. And then he leaves. He doesn't even break the building. Huh. <laughs> he powers up, threatens Yusuke, and then leaves. And I feel like it's so... It's much more intimidating in a way because it's so fast. Yeah. It's, like, so frantic in the chapter. It's, like, Tagoro shows up to his school, brings him to the building. It's like bro, you didn't even beat me last time and I wasn't even going all out. Here's me at like barely over half power. I could break this building. You want to see me do it? Go to the tournament. Puts his coat back on and leaves. And Yusuke is shattered. He's just like, oh my God, I couldn't do anything. So it's kind of like a different vibe where yeah. like in the anime, girl kind of builds up to the threats by like showing up and threatening him and then breaking the building and all of that. Where in the manga, it's just so sudden. Yusuke... Even if Yusuke wanted to do something or could, there there
2: was no time. Yeah, <laughs> from what you're telling me, it's like the vibe is like more of like kind of villainous and evil. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the anime, like from what I've seen, it's like he's it seems more like he's like I want a good fight, and you're the fighter I need to fight. Which in both continuities, yeah,
1: yeah, it's true. It's just the but vibe. I of think it. maybe like the anime kind of aids to like that that. that uh... That debate that people have like was Tagoro really a villain yeah. yes yes he was he threatened middle school kids absolutely and their families just so he could have a fight if he's not a villain at most he's extremely fucking selfish yeah <laughs> like I need you people to grow up just because you like the character doesn't mean he's not a bad guy yeah but yeah, um, he's ever, all, any of the three evils on the alignment chart. Yes, he's he's like, the whole, take your pick. He's the whole bottom row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there, there's like some interesting stuff like that. That was cool. There's, of course, the difference of like Yusuke's mom going to the tournament in the manga, but not in the anime. Uh, just little stuff like that. So it, it's nice to be refreshing and Be like, oh, yeah, because some of that stuff I remembered the differences. Other times I didn't remember. And then, um, I also did the review for the Two Shots OVA special, which is like he and Karamo's first meeting. I was like, I'll just do it now because this is like a year before the series starts. And it just gives you more insight into the characters before we get to the tournament. But yeah, so if you want more of that, check out the Ramen Shop Detective Agency YouTube channel. <laughs> I do Yu Yu Hakusho vids there. But uh, let's move along into our main topics so let's talk about animation. Okay. So a couple of new anime have started coming out. You know, the new season's rolling out. So Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2 has started. As of this recording, it is four episodes in. Uh, Mappa doing a bang-up fucking job. Once again, as always, please pay these people. I hope they're okay. Because it's stunning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's honestly just a beautiful anime to see. So far, they've been doing uh, what is referred to as... The Hidden Inventory arc, so it's like about this character Gojo and his backstory. That's only going to be a couple of episodes, I believe next episode concludes that arc. And then we move into the arc that people have been waiting for, our manga readers have been waiting for, the Shibuya incident, this has been hyped up in the anime as something that's about to happen uh, throughout season one. Manga readers know exactly what I'm talking about when this shit goes down, people are not ready. People weren't ready for a lot of the stuff that happened in Hidden Inventory, so. They're definitely not ready for a lot of the deaths that are about to occur. (laughs) So we're getting at least like, I think it's gonna be like 20 episodes. I think this season's supposed to be like 24, 25 episodes. And then five of them are the hidden inventory. So Shibuya's gonna be hype, get ready. Um, Core two of Bleach has started as well. The Thousand Year Blood War core two titled The Separation. As of this recording, it is three episodes in. And it's already started the second invasion of the Quincy's. They are back once again, throwing down, and the captains of the 13 court guard squads have been training up, preparing to counter them, even though they've had their Bankai stolen and a lot of other stuff going on. Um, One thing I like to note from that real quick is the animation team um, has been doing a great job, not only animating these episodes, they look gorgeous. The opening's super cool and sleek, but, the added content they're putting into the series to to like fill out stuff kubo didn't have time to do in the manga has been really good i know kubo's had some uh had some uh, hands-on work in terms of like how they're going to play out the the anime going forward throughout the thousand year blood war so it's cool that they they have certain things set up early or they're going to address stuff that didn't get fully addressed in the manga like uh this character known as the soul king and ichigo's involvement with that situation seems to be getting a lot more shine especially this early into the arc so it's crazy and then we're still gonna have two more cores after this uh, new anime came out zom 100 bucket list of the dead very good uh brief one episode first episode rundown this guy he's young he just got out of college he gets a a job at this office and during his first day it's like oh yeah everyone's super nice everyone's welcoming sees so a cute girl he likes there you know cool my first day at work but then he realizes he got roped into a company that's very abusive to their employees he works days at a time he has no free time anymore he becomes you know yeah i real was going say people. i can i relate to it it's so fucking relatable he 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 fucking hates it so it's it, it last three years and a zombie outbreak happens like a zombie apocalypse. But instead of being like super depressed about it, he's excited because he's like, I don't have to go to work anymore. Mm. I
0: don't have to do this
1: anymore. So he's like, I'm free to do what I want. So eventually he, he starts forming a bucket list of what he thinks he wants to do before he dies from the zombie invasion
2: as, as you've been saying this i'm like i've heard of this i've heard of this yeah it's, yeah it's
1: really good it's three episodes in i know episode four is going to be delayed due to some uh, broadcasting issues but as of this recording it's three episodes in it's very good it in i was like yo this man akira has become like the most relatable protagonist in all of anime because i felt that in my soul he's like i don't have to go to work anymore and like the It, it, like, it starts off colorful, but as he's working over those years, it gets more and more kind of, like, faded and, like, black and white. Yeah. But then when he doesn't have to work and, like, uh, the zombie outbreak starts, the colors start to pop again. Like, the zombie blood and stuff is, like, different colors. Oh. Because he's so excited. Like, he can live. Like, he's allowed to just live his life. Can't wait for that one to turn dark. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I was like, oh, man, these... Looking at the opening and endings these f- four main characters look like they're gonna bond really well i hope none of them die <laughs> like really like don't do it but yeah that one's been good i've been really enjoying that uh then we have season two of a smaller show that i've been watching it's called um malevolent spirits monogatari uh not gonna give a huge rundown of it it's in a world where like uh, over time certain objects that were close to like a master or something like that develop like a spirit they can bother people so there's people assigned to take care of them like either reseal them and then like bring the spirit back to the land of the dead or destroy them and whatnot main character is a part of elite an elite clan of that but he hates uh i believe they're called tsukigami he hates them because there's a specific one that's based off like a paper umbrella so like a paper umbrella spirit killed his brother and sister when he was younger so he absolutely is disgusted by these things. He's really brutal by them. He doesn't see them as, like... I don't want to say people because they're not people, but, like, pe- Beans. things that have... Beings that yeah. have their own minds and feelings and thoughts. Uh, so his grandpa assigns him on an assignment somewhere else to protect a girl from this family. But all her other guards are Tsukigami. They're like her family. They've raised oh, her. Oh, okay. So he has to learn to... Accept them and understand that culture. And da 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 da. There's romance in the background. It's cool. It's pretty good. good. It's it's solid. If you're looking for something to scratch a supernatural itch, there's there's that. Uh, I feel like there's one more thing I'm forgetting. I said Jujutsu Kaisen Bleach song, but there's there's one more thing, and I don't know why I forgot it. I'm gonna be mad when I
2: remember it. Well, I'll vamp for a second. Go um, for it. The company. You'll like this. The company that I work for. Um, we actually created a custom order for the blue lock galaxy event
1: yeah 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 you were telling
2: me that. yeah so i i actually um met the person when they picked it up a representative for crunchyroll so i worked the charm because i was like if i can get this to be a reliable customer with us mm-hmm. i can form a bond exactly she gave me a bunch of swag just for sweet talking. Dude. Just, just doing my thing. Okay,
1: that's why you sent me. You are like, hey, do you have this one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ryan sent me like a picture of, uh, and he was like, do you have this movie already? And it was from uh, Evangelion 1.1. And I was like, oh, yeah, I already own that one. But dude, feel, 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 feel free to watch. It's very good. For the visuals alone. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I got that. I got um, a Spinning Levi. Um, I have that on my desk at work, even though I don't even watch Attack on Titan. I'm like... That's fun. Um, I got the a show's couple. Still
1: not over, by the way. Too. Yeah. That last part,
2: part three, part two, Dude, part six. Yeah, whatever.
1: <laughs> you know that last portion's not out yet. Yeah. <laughs> I got
2: um, fucking a couple of just some swag. I ended up walking around the warehouse like, hey, you like this show? Not really. Do you want the bag for it? <laughs> Merch. <laughs> <laughs> Random bullshit. Random bullshit. Moon night.
1: <laughs> yeah oh the last show i'm mad that i forgot this because it's been really fucking good bungo stray dogs season five. Came uh, out. Oh my god bro if you guys haven't watched bungo stray dogs yet please do yeah
2: i've been <laughs> Look, meaning to watch that dude one.
1: oh you would love it i know you would absolutely love it it's got four full seasons in a movie now ryan oh <laughs> and season five is currently airing so okay. you you got a lot of content you can watch the seasons aren't that long either they're like 10 to 13
2: episodes Oh, perfect. Each.
1: And then there's one movie. So again, if you do want to watch it, watch season one, two, movie, three, four, five. Okay. But yeah, it's it's been real good. The most recent episode, three episodes in so far, uh, was a big what the fuck. They uh, encounter like the main villain that's been pulling the strings. And the way they do it, it's like, I can see like another series, like another show or story kind of fumbling this because it'd be uh Oh, well, that's just random. You didn't give me any clues as to how that could be the guy. Mm. But when they reveal who it is, when the character who's like the best detective in the group figures it out, it kind of clicks in your head. You're kind of like, no, that makes sense because this guy would have all the power to do. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> and then they're like, you think they have him want And he's just, he's cheating at this point. It's, it's so re- Watch Bungo Stray Dogs. It's been real good. Okay. I'll check that one out. Uh, in terms of animated movies, Ryan hasn't seen this one yet, so I'm not going to talk about it too long because I don't want to spoil it. I don't uh, want you to talk about it at all. Across the <laughs> Spider-Verse.
2: So, uh, <laughs> I don't want to know your feelings. Across the Spider-Verse. <laughs> Damn. Well, I loved not it. Not until I have some as
1: well. Not too bad. I loved it. <laughs> it's better than the first movie. <laughs> it's really good. I've seen... I watched it twice. Nice. <laughs> it was it was it was really good it's long as hell but um you get to the end and you're like oh damn that felt like it went by so fast and that's a good thing yeah that means you weren't bored it was it was was really good
2: that's how despite how long the batman was that's how i felt watching that exactly that
1: movie is like three hours and i loved it
2: yeah and um i think that's it
1: random oh fiona and cake the yeah Venture time spin-off is coming.
2: So what the fuck is going on there, right? Okay.
1: So it looks like instead of just making it a spin-off based off of like when Ice King was writing uh his weird fanfiction, his mm-hmm. weird Finn and f- Jake fanfiction. In show that's how Fiona and Kate come to be. They're just Ice King's fanfic. Yeah. Uh it looks like they're making it a full on spin-off where like Fiona lives in like a normal world, but she's bored, and I guess somehow gets to wish for a world full of magic and that's how it becomes do that's what I've seen from the trailer
2: interesting so Cause, I'm like, ooh. Cause but, Simon's but, there yeah because yeah. Simon's
1: there too so I was like huh because normally in the Fiona and cake episodes everyone is just gender swap so it's not ice king it's ice queen yeah so I, I'm I actually am really curious to watch it it's not just some yeah we'll just do more spinoff episodes it looks yeah. like they're gonna have a story
2: I, I feel like it's going to be like um, Fiona and Cake existed, and they are going to set up what becomes of Ooh. And because Simon is there, and he's crazy, mm. he, it's not really—it's like fan fiction, but he's basing it off people he knew.
1: It might, it might be that might be true too. There's also like, cause Finn and Jake—it's—it's it's like canon that Finn and Jake always reincarnate together. Yeah. Like every every life they have, they always are like best friends. Yeah which is why the Adventure Time special uh, (laughs) that they had, they did like the four Adventure Time specials. And um, one of them was uh, Finn and Jake, but it's set to the point where Jake's already dead and Finn finally passed away and they're in the Deadlands. Yeah. And at the end, they jump through to reincarnate together again, and that's the end of the episode. And I'm just like,
2: oh, my heart. So Fiona and Cake were possibly the original
1: they could be the original they could be another reincarnation it could be anything yeah like at this point the sky's the limit with how they plan this out because prismo's in it too and i'm assuming that's how she wishes for this world of magic she asks prismo yeah prismo's this dimensional being that if you get to prismo's room you can wish for something he was he was a big part in like some adventure time main plot stuff like the lich almost took over the world (laughs) type shit. yeah 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 uh so i'm actually really excited i'm i'm a huge adventure time fan that's one of my favorite shows of all time uh so i might resubscribe to i'm sorry what's it called max (laughs) because I was like, bro, I'm not watching shit on this Let me save myself $16 Yeah (laughs) It's $16 I I
2: watch enough on it to still use it
1: I wasn't watching enough stuff frequently enough Mm-hmm Like, if I was watching something, like, consistently, like, oh, I have, like, you know, a little movie here and there, like, every month. It'd be, like, months at a time I wasn't watching something. Yeah. And I was like, dude, why am I paying for this?
2: It's, like, either South Park, a docuseries, or I use it to, like, if I'm, like, I got, like, 15 minutes before I should go to bed. I'm going to watch an episode of Robot Chicken real quick. Or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, um, I was watching a bunch of the Studio Ghibli giblet movies giblet and that was and you know I eventually burned through all the studio Ghibli movies you can only watch kiki's delivery service so many times it's it's my favorite one it's the best one I'm not gonna argue with anyone sorry argue with your mom
2: <laughs> but uh, I want to show that one to Marilyn Kiki's. Yeah, I showed uh, her spirited away first and it scared her. It scared her. <laughs> well, just she doesn't like the way that the demons and stuff look. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, she'll she, like it. She, yeah, it'll be heartwarming. It's um, the because like the demons and ogres and shit in Japanese culture are really ugly looking. The yokai, yeah.
1: Oh, dude, I, I don't think I mentioned this, but in the Yu Yu Hakusho video, one difference I, I always forget to note, in the manga, they're yokai, by the way.
2: Oh, it makes sense. It's
1: not like... De- yokai can, like, loosely, loosely, loosely yeah. translate to demon-related stuff. Yeah. But or it like can also cat translates cat. to, like... It can translate to apparitions, <laughs> yeah. spirits. And, that's why in the dub, they mainly called them demons, but sometimes they'll say the word apparition or spirit, because they didn't have, like, a single word to clarify, and I guess they just didn't want to use the word yokai yeah which is why goki's a demon but he's like an oni yeah he's like an ogre kind of thing he's a goku monkey <laughs> but um yeah that's that's one big difference and they don't call it demon energy they call it yoki like yokai energy Interesting. and then spirit energy is called uh reiki huh. so neato neato stuff i think that's it for animation then besides the Fiona and cake thing that was the last thing i yeah. was like oh yeah i saw that trailer that shit looked cool
2: oh <laughs> wait no there is something um mm-hmm. i watched the first episode of the new season of futurama
1: oh how is it i haven't watched it
2: yet dude, i've been hearing it's dude good. dude they we're back baby like yeah. fuck, yes. i've been hearing it's i was worried
1: Cause oh. I remember when it first got announced that they were making, I was like, cool, yeah, that's fucking cool. And then yeah. the whole Bender
2: situation, I was like,
1: okay, it looks like they solved it, cool, cool. And then I was thinking about it, and I was like, damn, what if it comes back and it's bad, bro? So,
2: <laughs> so I will say this: it does immediately pick up where it left off. Mm. I am so happy they did that, cause the Comedy Central seasons, like, meh. Maryland had been watching Futurama, and she, we stopped in there because it was just we were hitting bad after bad episode. It was like one of those seasons where it's like, oh no good episodes this season,
0: mm. maybe
2: one. So I just was like, we're just gonna watch two more episodes, and then because and then we'll watch the new one tomorrow when it comes out. So oh, did you watch the the ending then where they? Yeah, that was one of the two. They get old. Yeah. Okay. I said I picked. The I was two. like, okay,
1: you got you gotta watch that. I one I picked There's- the two. <laughs> So you
2: gotta watch that I picked one. the two. I okay. picked that one, and I picked the one a couple before that ends with Fry going into his mom's dream. Okay. Yeah. cool, cool. No, cool. I know what I'm doing here. Was,
1: <laughs> like, could, there's no way you can just be like, all right, then we'll skip it without I'm watching imagine that Imagine if I put on
2: the fucking episode where um <laughs> they hunt the space whale, and then the episode where they go to the future Oktoberfest. Like, imagine if I did that. All right,
1: let's skip to episode. <laughs> I'd be like, no. Fuck that. Oh,
2: God. Yeah, that episode's too good. You can't skip it. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. And it picks up where it left off, and it's I will say the second half has what the plot of the episode is, and it's funny, and there are still meta jokes in there. The first half of the episode is super fucking meta about Futurama Ooh, and what they've been through. I love it. It hits all the points. Good. Good good. They good. even make fun of who <laughs>
1: Okay, yeah, I got to watch it. You I'll pr- should. Maybe, I'll probably watch it uh, after we record this. It's good. And then you just reminded me there is one more thing. Cause, But this I just saw, like, today. So that's why I didn't quite remember to put it on notes. So we already knew that Castlevania was getting another season. Castlevania yeah. Nocturne. I believe yesterday a trailer came out for it. Woo! Boy, I'm excited. The, the whole tagline is, I pray for you richter belmont and i'm just like okay
2: okay here we go okay and we
1: got a release date it is coming out september 23rd i believe that's what they said it's september 28th 2023 so we got we we only got like two months <laughs> yeah. and i you guys i'm so hyped uh castlevania again like with adventure time one of my favorite like animated shows ever I remember when it finished, and I was talking about it on the podcast, how good it was. Dude, it's so good. Yeah. It's a perfect horse. So, I'm excited for Nocturne. I have high hopes for Nocturne. It looks really cool. The clips they were showing from the animation, it looks really cool. Uh, We get Richter Belmont as a character, so, you know, they're still adapting video game stuff. Uh, This is a sequel series, but it takes place, I think, a few few hundred years yeah after the first one so the only characters we could possibly see from the previous series that would be in this would be like alucard who's dracula's son and then like maybe dracula
2: yeah and then ever know dracula's coming back of course yeah Yeah.
1: castlevania but then uh everyone else we'll probably like hear of like their actions or something they left behind yeah like at the end of this this is a spoiler but castlevania has been over for like a year or two now yeah so you've been warned at the end, they, Alucard I believe, gets butt fucked. Yes, <laughs> heavy butt fucked. This but, um, <laughs> is not a joke. <laughs> but uh, they name they make a town Based where uh, the the Belmont like vault is and like where Dracula's old castle is where Alucard uh, guards, mm-hmm. and they they think they're like we'll call it the town Belmont. So, oh. <laughs> but I don't think it's gonna be set in Malakia. I think it's set in like. Okay, but I mean, it could lead them there. Yeah, we know a town in be- Richter Belmont, so I'm I'm curious. I'm curious as to how it's gonna go, but a uh, lot of questions, but they will be answered. I'm hoping we get we just continue with the trend of having ten episodes for the season, because season one of Castlevania was four episodes. Yeah, <laughs> and season two was eight, and then season three and four were ten each. So I'm just, it's 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 strong enough to warrant netflix being like yeah do 10 episodes <laughs> but okay that is it for animation i promise one more than i am No, saying. we're gonna move into live action a lot of trailers uh i should have shown you this before we recorded did you see the one piece live action trailer i did
2: <laughs> i have mixed yeah, feelings about it's, it it's like part of it you're like wow it looks better than a lot of things out right now but why <laughs> <laughs> Bro, when, when when they showed Arlong, I was like, oh lord Yeah, yeah some <laughs> things you're just like, this doesn't
1: this isn't gonna work. <laughs> I'm excited because it looks like the peak of this season will be Arlong Park. Yeah. Which is cool because for me, I feel like if you don't get into One Piece by Arlong Park, you're you're just not gonna like One Piece. I think that's the arc that truly like makes you feel if you like you're a fan or not. Yeah. Cause I remember liking One Piece growing up. Pre Arlong Park, I was just like, "Yeah, this is cool. Yeah, this is cool. I'm watching it." Yeah, Arlong Park came out. I was like, "Yo, this arc is fire! What in the fuck? Yo! Yeah!" Yeah. <laughs> like that when they pulled up, mm hmm. Iconic, iconic moment. So I'm I'm like, okay, they picked a good solid point for like a finale for yeah. the season. We'll just see how it goes. I'm I'm, hopefully optimistic. Yeah. Uh, I I said that about Cowboy Bebop's live action. And I still don't think that show was like awful, but I get why it got canceled. Nobody watched
2: it. I'm gonna say I am really proud of casting choices in terms of ethnicities. Oh yeah, like they hit. The, I will say they hit the nail um, on the head with like the casting from what I see. I don't really know how any of them act, but I'm like, yeah, this works. Mm-hmm. This works. Let's just see how how it works though. And look, folks. I know a lot of you
1: can be heavy One Piece fans, and that, uh, oh, they're not, I'm just character would I act like that. Live action to animation is going to translate stuff differently. Yeah. It, it can't have that exact energy. If, if there was a dude acting exactly how Luffy did in the anime, he would look fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It wouldn't work. No. But you have to have a balance to it it looks it looks okay i'm hopefully optimistic i'm also still hopefully optimistic at this yu yu Hakusho show live action that's supposed to be coming out by the end of this year i believe so we'll see i don't think they've shown they haven't shown any trailers the only no. the last time they showed anything was when they showed like the character headshots for the main four so i'm also curious when the, that season's gonna end i can see them ending for same beast yeah if they if they have the time and they feel like they can do it they could just do the whole spirit detective saga and do the yukina rescue as well because that arc's not that long but if they're gonna show the main four like that i feel like at most they'll get to four saint beast yeah because that's the first arc where they're truly as a team and that'll be interesting yeah
2: (laughs) that'll be that'll be really interesting (laughs) or they could even like have the next season, like the season, end with them getting to the Saint Beast? Oh, and then it ends. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they and could even season one's just setting them up. They could even just have the beginning add more, like, of stuff from the manga because there's a lot more of that early stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, stretch, stretch that a little bit longer. Let us get to know Yusuke before you throw everybody at us. So we'll we'll see how it goes, guys. I know
1: live action leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. At the- Mine included. It should. That's <laughs> how we get
2: better things. Yeah.
1: That's how we're going to get better things. As much as I hate to say it, the Roni Kenshin live action is pretty fucking good. It happens sometimes. Sometimes you get a good one. Too bad that nigga likes children. <laughs> oh, also, I mean, I watched a video about Roni Kenshin today, actually. A channel I really enjoy called Bombs I Pop. Did a video over the Kenshin controversy. Just breaking down, like, cultural differences and all that stuff. And he was like, look. I don't agree with it either. I'm just explaining to you how it went, why it went down the way it did in Japanese culture. So you can watch that video. I'm not going to get into it. But the way I feel about it now after, like, you know, it's, it's this has been a thing for, like, six years. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at this. It is up to you how you feel about wanting to watch Kenshin or not. Me, personally, as much as I love that story and as much as, like, I really, like, grew attached to it growing up as a kid and how much it meant to me. I in good conscience, especially being like a writer and a creator, like I can't separate the art from the artist idea kind of thing. Yeah. So I can't really support a lot of the stuff that is coming out. At least not legally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like if I do get curious enough and want to watch the new running kenshin anime, I'm not watching it on Crunchyroll. I'm watching it somewhere online. It's not going to be Crunchyroll. Just saying. Yeah. Like <laughs> I can't I can't financially support that. Now fuck that. But if you, do, I'm not going to shame you for feeling how you feel. That is entirely up to you. I don't think anyone agrees with what that man had on him. I don't think anyone's going to sit there and be like, no, it's not that big of a deal. I don't think anyone feels that way. I just, it, it's more of like being attached to that story more than anything. So if if you are just like, well, I want to watch it or I still love the series. Like, I get it. And I can't really fault you for that because you didn't know. Yeah. Like there's and that that's part of like the author author's fault. They they were saying that in the Bonsai pop video. Now people have to carry this sense of shame with something they like really grew attached to and love talking about and own stuff of. Like they own the DVDs or the Blu-rays and the mangas and stuff like that. Now they feel a sense of shame in owning that even though they didn't know about that prior.
2: Yeah. It it sucks. Like I, I used to have a favorite achievement hunter. Yeah. Things
1: happen. It's, people it's, suck. People people do in fact suck. So, at the end of the day, it's up to you what, what how you feel, what you're gonna do about it. I I can't judge you or shame you for it. Personally, for me, I can't do it. Not legally. Like if I ever do watch it, just know I ain't, I ain't watch it on no official release. Nope. I watched it on something. Mm-hmm. Was not official though. <laughs>
2: the hard
1: Yeah, you know maybe i sailed the seas for it somewhere <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that that that's all i'll say about that other live action stuff um you watch any marvel stuff lately i have not
2: i have not um there's okay i do know something silly i know secret invasion just finished yeah i'm
1: i'm probably just gonna binge through quantum mania and I know Guardians is coming on there soon, or it's already on there. Yeah. I'm going to watch those and then watch Secret.
2: I'm just going to binge through it so I'm caught up again. My my thing now is for the MCU, if I don't give a shit about it, I'm just going to see what happens. Like, read about it, mm-hmm. look at images, watch some clips. Because I'm like, ah, I don't got time for it. I'm not going to waste my time on the I'm not going to keep gonna... up to
1: date on it unless I really, it's yeah. something I really want to watch. Like,
2: Guardians 3, I don't know anything about because I want to see it. Um, I heard it was good, yeah. So that's me too. that's why I'm looking forward to it. But I I, I peaked I peaked a secret uh secret evasion. I peaked a little bit. Um,
1: I heard it's been I heard it was I. Right. I heard
2: it was I. Right. Six there's episodes. Some, there's some things that are kind of like, okay, interesting. And there's some things that you're like, okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. I will say this, I found something out about one of the final episodes involving something that was predicted to happen. I'm trying not to be spoilery here. Okay. But certain characters show up Mm -hmm. um not necessarily a character from the marvel comics i think but characters that are based on the idea of that character and like what they can do maybe that one character will pop up in the future Mm -hmm. but anyway their ability it just it just in my opinion and some other people's opinions on online it didn't work okay when when you get to it you might be like at first like whoa oh, this is threatening. But then you think about, like, what they're using, and you're like, uh, maybe Mm. this should have been saved. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right, I'll I'll look
1: forward to it. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna eventually watch it because one thing I know I want to watch because I love season one of it, Loki. Loki Mm. is coming. And Loki season one was fucking good. I don't care what anyone says, Loki was pretty, is probably the best live-action show Marvel Probably, made, probably. Out of all of them. Like, I like Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's not the best. Hawkeye was fun. WandaVision, I know you gotta have an acquired taste for it. I was willing to sit through the slow burn to get to the payoff stuff. But when it comes to, like, like just a good show, like, Loki was a good... And I was not super interested in it. Because Loki has a character I'm not super interested in in the MCU. But I was like, damn, this show made me give a fuck. I love this. <laughs> like, it's crazy how
2: much I cared about that show. Have you seen, speaking of Loki, because turns out Loki has might have a lot to do with Deadpool, Deadpool 3. Okay. So have <laughs> you seen the images? Yeah. Okay. Dude, so you know they're fighting on the sand. Did you see what's behind them? Mm-mm.
1: I, I wasn't Dude, paying attention to that.
2: pull up the set images again. Pull okay. them up.
1: <laughs> Let me look. Yeah, I was like, oh cool, we'll read so suit. <laughs> it's um,
2: the theory behind what it's going to be is it's already confirmed that the villain of Deadpool 3 is going to be a character we've met in the MCU before. Okay. Um The have you seen Doctor Strange Multiverse and Madness yet? Hell yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah, it was good. Better than better than what I thought yeah. it was gonna be.
1: Uh I feel like a lot of people like hated on it
2: too hard. Yeah. It I don't was, think it was great, but it wasn't. It w- it wasn't great, but my God, was it different. Yes. It was so different. I was so happy. Fun fact, I took my mom to see that on Mother's Day. Oh. <laughs> I should not have. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the events of that movie with Wanda, apparently um, that universe, that universe that she took over that Wanda in, mm-hmm. that might be the universe that, that Wolverine is from. Oh, okay. So it might be a House of M situation.
1: Okay. Um,
2: because Wanda lost her kids. Or she didn't lose her kids, but she killed the Illuminati. Yeah, she did, yeah. She did some shit. Um, people are theorizing that that Wanda might be the villain. Uh, there's Some people are theorizing the Miss Minutes might be the villain. Because you know how Deadpool 2 ended with um, him going back in time mm-hmm. to, like, kill baby Hitler? Yeah, yeah. Um... So he's messing around with time. He's creating other universes. Okay. So who who comes in to stop?
1: Oh, uh, okay. So Ooh.
2: did you? Oh, did you pull up the pictures? I was looking at them. I oh. didn't
1: see anything out of the ordinary. Maybe I oh. missed
2: it. Let me let me find the one. Cause there's something that's in the background of their battle.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm
2: trying to think.
1: Is there anything okay. Anything else for live action? All
2: right. So let me find this picture. Uh, I can't find the exact one. It's a 20th Century Fox logo. It's in the sand, behind them when they're fighting.
1: Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. I, I I get what you're talking about when you bring that up then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um. That's gonna be. Fun. It
2: looks like things are gonna fall apart. Like they're going to fuck with the timeline a lot. Cool. Is what this movie is going. If to
1: anyone be. was gonna do it, it should be Deadpool.
2: Yeah. I'm excited, and then he'll probably just end up in the MCU.
1: Yeah, by the end, and that's that's how they explain it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down for that. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to spoil anything for Spider-Verse.
2: Yeah, please don't. <laughs> a lot of people are theorizing that that's going to lead into the MCU.
1: All, well... Okay. I, I well, hope then it does it, I don't think it is. I think the one thing that it's just saying is that all Spider-Men are connected via the Spider-Verse. Like, all yeah. Spider-Men to ever exist are all a part of the Spider-Verse.
2: Makes sense. Like...
1: Every single one
2: of them. Yeah, it's the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Like, it's it's in the comics. Like, it's in the shows. Any, it's everywhere. Any form
1: of media you've seen Spider-Man in is connected to that Spider-Verse.
2: That's incredible. And
1: I think that's really cool. Yeah. Like, it's a way to be like, yeah, it's all, it's all connected. Just different multiversal, universal timeline, all that. Mm-hmm. But they don't need to get into it or connect it to anything. It's just like, yeah. This happens. The, it's the it, spider it, it happens. It's mm-hmm. Spider-Man.
2: The Spider-Totem. And we can forget about that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, um, Deadpool 3 looks like it's going to be fucking funny. Yeah, I'm down.
1: I mean, we'll see We'll see how things go because, you know, Rider Strike. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that one's on hold. Good for them. Pay them niggas. Oh, um, is- I highly suggest you watch the newest season of Sunny. Okay. Um, eight episodes. Honestly, the best since season ten, like Ooh. around that era. It's old school sunny, but they're older, and oh, okay. there's a lot of jokes about that. I like that. Okay, I'll okay. check that out too. Then I'll say this: the season finale is called "Dennis Takes a Mental Health Day." <laughs> it is by far. I think it might be set best or second best episode of the season. Ooh, okay.
1: It was so. Bonk yeah, enjoy. when I get a chance to sit down and binge, I'll 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 do that. I'll just watch that throughout yeah. the day. I've been catching. I've been rewatching like my top ten anime. Mm. Top ten completed. So certain ones that would be on that list I haven't put just because they technically don't have an ending. So like Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm. I want to see how Bleach Thousand Year Blood War does in the anime before I put it on any list like that. Um, and Bungo Stray Dogs because that story's not done yet either. But uh, number 10 was Evangelion. So yep. I rewatched Evangelion. I rewatched the films. And I'm watching Cla- Assassination Classroom. Nice. I'm like on the second half of it again. But it has been watching in and out because that show is funny as fuck. It's pretty good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's that. What was I going to say? I forgot what I was going to say. But uh, I-, I think that's it for live action, though. Yeah. So we're going to move on into some music. Uh, any music thing happened to you lately? Any new music? I, I, I have one thing. So
2: you go first. I don't have music, but I'm gonna talk about something that I do listen to on a on a music app. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I remember what I was gonna talk about before we move into music, since we're still on live action.
1: Recently, like like a week or two ago, Modina and I watched uh, my wife. We watched uh, the Breakfast Club. We were just looking for a movie to watch. That movie's mid, bro, dude. Hell yes, that movie's been fucking this for years. mid. Oh Brec- my god,
2: Breakfast Club. Ferris Bueller, Teen Wolf, fuck those movies. I,
1: I think Ferris. If if we're talking about those three movies, I put Ferris Bueller on top. I like Ferris Bueller, but I don't think it's that great either. I don't. I, I never. Man. I never thought it was that good. But I. I was like, yeah, this is cool. It's a. It's but a I decent want,
2: story. But yeah.
1: I, like it's, it's a fucking movie. Fair enough. Bre- Breakfast Club. I was like, why do people hot, hold this in such high regard? <laughs> like, because the kids who grew up in the 80s are fucking assholes. That's why. I was like, all these kids suffer from mental illness.
2: Yeah. Let's put them in a room. And I don't mean that to be mean. I think they all suffered yeah. from different mental illnesses. Instead of solving it, they're just like, <laughs> hey, how about everybody just change their personality so they can you can like assimilate to the norm? Like,
1: I was just watching and I was like... Why is this movie held in such high regard? It's not bad by any means. I'm not saying it's awful or shit. I'm just like, this is kinda okay. it's kind of okay. It's
2: like a six or a seven movie, bro. And then at the end of the movie, they're just like, Hey, Michael C. Hall, fuck you. <laughs> the Breakfast Club.
1: And I was like, what? What? Y'all hype this shit up? What? you get mad at me for talking about anime, but you hyped the breakfast club up. Breakfast club fucking sucks. And then we watched steel Magnolias and I was like, wow, this movie's really good. Actually. Yeah, that, that was a good one. I was like, see, if you want to talk about a good movie, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I was like, yeah, let's watch it. And I was
2: like, yeah, okay. And I was like, wow, this is really good. <laughs> I'll say <laughs> like, out of the, out of the three, um, of this like spiritual trilogy, breakfast club, 16 candles and weird science. What would you rank them as? Ooh. Uh,
1: Breakfast Club definitely at the bottom. Yeah, um, absolutely. I'll put 16 Candles first. Barely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Weird Science, there's some stuff in that oh, movie. Oh, that's a I'm
2: problematic just... movie, but it's number two. That's yeah. just how bad Breakfast Club is. Yeah, I was,
1: <laughs> yeah Like I'm like, Weird Science kind
2: of got a lot of, ooh. ooh it's a... <laughs> You watch that movie today, you're kinda like, ooh It's like it's like watching Revenge of the Nerds and you're like, did he just ooh.
0: Ooh.
2: <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> they got away with this in the eighties? Yeah, they got away with a lot of shit ooh. in the 80s.
1: They got away with thinking that Breakfast Club was a good movie like that, bro.
2: <laughs> People are like, this defined me, and I'm like, that's why you fucking suck. Right. Like, <laughs> you need a therapist. That's what you
1: <laughs> I was like, what in the fuck? The the most outrageous and egregious part was when the weird girl who was steel all the time and they gave her the makeover i was like why does she look worse oh my god that's like the part that she looked fine the way she was yeah she She just needed friends no you need (laughs) to assimilate (laughs) (laughs) i was like all she needed was friends she was ignored at home
2: (laughs) yeah Do do you know how many times i've I've watched that movie with people as a kid, and they're just like, she's so weird. Like, why is she? Ugh, she I hate her. Blah, blah, blah. Like,
1: because she's lonely. I know. She doesn't have anyone. She lacks social skills because no one fucking talks to her. Dude, it, <laughs> may, it.
2: Fuck it. When people would say that shit, it hit me because I was a fucking introvert whose family were extroverts that were just like, hang out with these extroverts. Yeah. Your age. You'll get along. And the I'm like, like, what the? F- all I know about them is that you guys were friends. Yeah. <laughs> like...
1: I was just like it's weird it's weird and then uh, a few days ago we watched Pride and Prejudice okay that movie's solid yeah (laughs) like it's it's a dry movie but it's dry in a good way like you know how movies can be they try to have like that dry sense to them and it just comes off as boring yeah I'm like yeah this movie dry as fuck but it's real good yeah it's like a real good dry and I'm gonna stand by what I say this movie is great but, you could put a horror score behind this fucking movie. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> the way some of them scenes are shot, this nigga in the background just walking around like, yo, you could put a horror score on this. <laughs> oh
2: my god. <laughs> oh, I love when pe- pe- someone, there probably is that on YouTube. Uh, if there I isn't, bet. someone needs to do it.
1: I will I'll find do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> like, because, oh my god. Hey, rude. God, still rude, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pride, Pride and Prejud- Prejudiced is solid. I was like, wow, she was the prejudice all, uh, all along. Low key, I'm joking, but low key, that's 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 actually one of the points of the movie. <laughs> the man's not mean. See, that's another thing. That nigga wasn't mean. He was just socially awkward. <laughs> he didn't know how to talk to people. Especially pretty girls he liked. <laughs> oh,
2: man. And then they made the zombies one.
1: They did, huh? Fuck, they did. Holy
2: shit. I wanna, you should watch that one. Yeah. I make a video comparing them.
1: <laughs> and then um, I watched the new movie with uh, John Boy. Boyega and Jamie oh, Foxx. Uh, okay. They clone Tyrone. Pretty fucking solid. Okay. And I watched that. It's funny. It has some good messages. It's not like blowing me out of the water amazing, but it was very good. I liked it. Liked a lot. I highly recommend it. It was a good movie. Also, they cloned Jamie Foxx and no, I'm just fucking, there. fucking around. <laughs> I'm glad he's doing good. I'm glad he's doing alright. He was in the hospital for a minute or something. Yeah. The family That's kept scary. it private, but. Yeah, he, he seems to be alright. People in videos are like, See, that's a clone. He doesn't even look like that. I'm like, first of all, this man was in the hospital sick. Why would he look exactly how he looked on a normal, healthy day? Yeah. Uh, secondly, camera angles, focal points. Come on, guys. Come fucking on. Fucking relax. He's Third not reason, Avril Lavigne. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Ryan. Third reason, why would they... For what reason? My favorite meme has been like, They clone Jamie Fox. Why? Why? them niggas just mad <laughs> like why are you asking so many questions
2: <laughs> like, nah bro it has to be a conspiracy
1: jesus because everything they're making everything. an army
2: of clones <laughs> <laughs> they got avril lavigne jamie fox paul mccartney <laughs> they're about to make the most gucci, killer man. gucci gucci clone, oh, gucci clone. I forgot about the gucci clone <laughs> you go into jail
1: and you come out if you've lost any amount of weight you're a clone <laughs> if you've lost any kind of weight in jail because you know you're probably not eating as much as you have been, mm. all them niggas do is fight and work out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like you're a clone. You can't just have a better lifestyle after that. You're just a clone. <laughs> but uh Okay, so then moving on in the music. I only have one thing because I'm I'm super excited about it. Uh, Paris, Texas. I've talked about them numerous times they finally released the full album uh it came out on july 21st the album is titled mid-air uh kind of a review kind of not because i've listened to the album like 10 times now it's 16 tracks a little little more than i'd like in an album but also the album's only 50 minutes so it's not like oh i gotta dedicate an hour and a half to listen to this shit drake um (laughs) it's it's i really like it uh i don't think it's gonna be everyone's cup of tea just because i don't think everyone's gonna be into the sound of paris texas but uh it's exactly what i wanted from them i i was like man this ep of seven tracks was really good i just wish i had more man this ep of like six tracks was really good i wish i had more fucking finally <laughs> like, yeah, gave me exactly what I wanted. I just wanted more of what they were doing. They're pretty cool. Yeah, it, it it's dope sound. I showed Ryan a few tracks. Uh, they they had a good amount of singles for this. So the first single I believe was uh, Panic. So that was the first video I showed you when they mm. were having that big ass mosh pit party. Yeah. Uh, the second single was Bullet Man. The third was uh, Everybody Safe Until. That was the second video I showed you that one is their first video to reach over a million views so shout out to them kind of sucks that heavy metal didn't i think heavy metal had like nine hundred and forty-seven thousand views so it was really close that was when they started really giving them popular
2: their sound really gives me like 2016 underground la scene Mm -hmm.
1: vibes i I love it dude
2: like i i just remember college
1: like kyle would have been fucking out there looking for every show they
2: were <laughs> yeah like I I, I I love it we would have broken something in an art gallery oh
1: 100% yeah
2: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> and then I showed right my favorite track off the album was lift off uh, the album 16 tracks it's all really good d d is another single that was the last single they released before the album dropped uh, the ending track we fall is really good I really like this album <laughs> To like an extreme degree it, it just really clicked with me for some reason to the point where i can say it's probably one of my favorite albums ever oh okay. which is really really weird we're just saying something because usually i either when i say something it's probably one of my favorite albums it's either because oh man i listened to this album when it first came out or like years and years ago and i've grown up with it and i've learned to appreciate it so deeply over years like the roots album do you want more it's the first roots album i ever listened to it's their second album One of my favorite albums of all time. Or it has to be like a masterwork, like to pimp a butterfly. Best Kendrick album ever. Argue with your mama. Just something like that. Or, you know, I I went back and listened to an uh, artist like catalog before, and I like found something I really like from it. Like uh, School Food Punishment is my favorite Japanese rock band. And uh, my favorite album from them, it's called Airfield Color Swim. And I think it's like, their second project like <laughs> huh. for like their professional careers but i really love that one and then amp reflection is a really good one for school of food punishment too i i feel like airfield color swim is my favorite album but amp reflection is like their magnum opus okay like that's the if if i had to suggest a school of food punishment album to somebody it'd be that one and that's like their second to last album uh you know shit like that so it's it's very it's not often where i'm like I listened to their debut album very recently, like when it came out, and like a week later, I'm like, "Yeah, this is my one of my favorite albums ever." But I'm not gonna lie, it kind of is. <laughs> like, like, I love this shit, bro. It, it's right up my alley in terms of like what I want to hear from that kind of music. Like, very like if you boiled it down to something, like what is like that, like Ryan was saying, like that underground LA like hip hop music. Rock sound, like if you boiled it down to like its core, what would you want to hear that as? Paris, Texas. Yeah. Mwah. They got that down to a T. Uh, somebody posted, I, I forget the, it was on Twitter, I think I saved the picture, but somebody was like, the new Paris, Texas album sounds like, it was like a picture of like two grizzly bears on skateboards. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was like,
1: yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's exactly how it sounds. Uh, and then they announced the tour, the mid air tour. I could not get tickets, bro. I was like, yo. They were like, okay, Wednesday. So, like, this past Wednesday, as of this recording, it's Friday, so, like, a few days ago. 10 a.m., tickets go on. I was like, cool. I'll be home. I fucking was, had my phone out two, like, five minutes before. I waited. Waited for 10 as soon as it could say, click, get tickets. Yeah. Click that shit. I was like, oh, dude, tickets are only, like, $25 for the show in L.A. Click two tickets.
2: We ain't got no more tickets. (laughs) <laughs> like... Shake my hand. You are now part of a. I watched a band blow up, and I really liked them. And by the time I got to get to one of their shows, they were popular, and I couldn't get tickets. Right? That club. I was so shocked to the fucking club, bro. <laughs> I was so shocked. I was like, "Yo,
1: really? That you, it would that all happened." 10 a.m. It it's was like, still 10 a.m. when they told me they had the no band. A band tickets. that
2: nobody talks about. They put out one album, everybody's talking about it. You're like, this is going to be the fucking show I see them. No, you won't. I was so bummed, it bro. It hurts. <laughs> I was so bummed. And I could have
1: gotten tickets still, but they would have been ridiculously expensive. It was yeah. not worth it. You know, Ticketmaster and what's it called? AXSXS. Yeah. They're fucking premium it's just an excuse to scalp you yeah <laughs> they'd be like yeah we'll sell you some premium ones for 150 dollars a ticket what the fuck this, uh, this is the same seat as this 20 dollar one their site <laughs> yeah like i was like what the fuck no sorry <laughs> yeah it was not worth that so I, I was bummed but i'll be over it there'll be another time yeah i do know somebody in the comments because uh on their facebook on their com- or on their youtube on their community tab somebody put up a uh, they put up a post saying like tickets on sale, like they were just advertising it again. And in the comments, somebody was like, I can't wait for the the basement show in Philly. I was like, there's
2: gonna be a basement show in Philly? And it's a church basement apparently. Yeah. <laughs> like you you lost out on the tickets that are like part of the tour, but you gotta search for the secret shows, man. Just do, just do your search. I'm like, that shit's gonna be wild. <laughs> I
1: kind of wish I lived in Philly just to see that happen. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's going to be epic. But, yeah, uh, I love these guys. Check them out. I'm glad they're getting more and more recognition. I wish they didn't have enough to the point where tickets immediately sold the fuck out. (laughs) But, you know, it is what it is. I still really enjoy the album. Check it out. The album, again, it's called Midair, 16 tracks, 50 minutes of your time. You know, take some time out of your day check it out that is all i really had to say for music um Nas released an album recently i have not sat down and listened to the whole thing yet so i have to do that but it's a uh, magic 2 it's the follow-up to the previous album we made called magic uh, it's probably gonna slap Nas Nas ain't miss in a minute so uh i'm, I'm gonna listen to that eventually but uh, ryan did you have anything you wanted to say
2: i uh so i haven't really been listening to a lot of music um not for a while i've been a podcast guy for a long time like if an album comes out that i want to listen to i'll listen to it but most of my time i'm listening to podcasts um and i listened to a DD true play podcast a while ago and then i listened to it again because i liked where the story went and they started a new campaign i'm I'm, you know it's ongoing but i'm like i have the itch so I was trying a couple. I did not want to watch Critical Role because I probably could, but like each episode's like three hours.
1: Yeah, it's a commitment. Yeah, and then it's gonna be a campaign. Yeah. So once you're in, you're just kind of you're like, fuck, I have I'm to like, do I'm like, can this.
2: You, <laughs> can you condense this three hours to either split it in two halves or you know like a, some kind of super cut of it or something? Yeah. But either way, I was like. I was exploring them, and I came across one that has been recommended to me a couple times already, called Dungeons and Daddies.
1: Okay, yeah, this is what you were texting me about.
2: I, um, the beginning is fun, because, so the plot, basically, of this is four dads are, in our world, (laughs) are taking their sons to a soccer tournament in, in a Honda Odyssey, when all of a sudden... They get sucked into the forgotten realms, and their kids get taken by um, by some like people who sell children. Mm-hmm. So they wake up and they all of a sudden have abilities. Na- mainly, one has abilities. The rest of them are just like the classes at the low levels. Okay. And they start like as they get in tune with the world, they start developing their abilities, or they'll like relate them to um, things that their dads are. Like oh, okay. the bard, the bard of the group is named Glenn Close and he's like a rock and roll dad. Um, he would cast like smoke stuff, but it would be him like smoking a blunt and blowing out the smoke,
0: <laughs> like
2: stuff like, so they, some things they like make the practicality of it fit in with the characters, but other things it's like, oh yeah. And then I, I cast this spell. So it, it gets good after a while, but like the beginning is a little slow. Mm-hmm. But as it goes, you it, you come to, you realize it's like the players don't know how to play the game yet, and it fits for oh, their characters. Okay, it's so, it's my favorite isekai right that's now. That's
1: cool. That's cool as fuck. Yeah. actually. So as they get more accustomed to the game, it's more authentic to the character. Yeah,
2: like the DM, who I found out is the lead writer of Borderlands Two, Anthony Birch. Oh whoa. Yeah. Um, oh. He starts off very easy on them, but there's a point where like people get really close to dying. It's like when they first meet the main villains of the story,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's like they've been killing it throughout it. They meet these people and it's just like, you're down, you're down in the first round. You're like, oh shit. And they learn, they learn how to play the game That's from there. That's crazy,
1: I, that, that just feels like an isekai
2: anime. I'm um on the way here. I was listening to the last episode of the first campaign. My God, things have gotten crazy. It Dude. is a fucking war. I love that. It is fun, and I want to recommend it because I, I've gotten really into D and D True Play podcasts, and mm-hmm. I gotta say this one was really fun. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of good humor in it. Um, you grow on the characters. Um, it made me cry at a couple points. I will say that.
1: Okay, they're killing it. There's a
2: part where they're they have to it. go into one character's memories to find a certain thing i'm trying not to be spoiler about things because it has to do with the villain i don't want to spoil things but you get into their childhood and like why they are the way they are and throughout the whole thing it's the stepfather of uh, there's three dads and a stepdad um played by the fabulous beth may she's hilarious um you you start to realize why he's so fucking weird okay (laughs) and it fucking hurts Oh. It fucking hurts. Best character in the show, I will say. Yeah. And uh, the other two are you got like a hippie, uh, as he says, uh, your Birkenstock rockin' hippie crunchy munchy granola druid dad with his twin children Larkin Sparrow. Oh,
1: no. It, he is fantastic. Larkin Sparrow. It is
2: really fucking fun. And like kind of the leader it feels like is your uh catholic christian i forget which one um stay at home coach dad who just doesn't his like doesn't talk about his feelings with the son is <laughs> <Just laughs> different
1: dad archetype <laughs> yeah it
2: works so fucking well dude that's funny i bug. highly recommend it uh 69 episodes for the first campaign nice and, yeah i i I was hooked I was hooked really quickly they should
1: have just added a dad that was like I have an ability that permanently makes me invisible because he's an absentee father that's funny
2: <laughs> the funny part too is you said adding dads are they adding dads I can't say too much oh shit. okay <laughs> but um, this the second campaign is like they're teenagers so but not the dads the main characters it's like teenagers and i'm wondering if i'm trying not to get spoiled myself but i'm like are these real like descendants of these dads because i still don't know if they make it out i'm still in the big fight i don't know who's making it out oh shit there have been some shit that happens man (laughs) i'm fairly certain some people are not making it out because cool. of certain events. Like there's some things I'm like, I don't know if all these dads or all these kids are even gonna get out. Oh and it's kind of it, it, it just lured you in into yeah. like a
1: gripping plot. Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: it got really fucking gripping a third of the way in. The first cool third well. is like goofy, like, haha, we don't know how to play D and D. This is fun. There's a dragon person who's bad to his kids. Let's learn a lesson about being a dad while we help this out. And then shit happens and they get fucked. <laughs> just
1: that's literally what Assassination Classroom does.
2: Yeah. I feel like season one, you're
1: like, ha, it's fun. And it has some serious moments sometimes, but this is fun. And then you get to season two and it's like still fun moments, but there's a lot of like, we drop in plot. We drop in lore. We're breaking it down. Oh, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. <laughs>
2: there's um, one thing that I will say is um, the DM has a really good ability to do multiple characters. Because these dads bring half the NPCs along with them, like half the time. That's funny. it is. That's so fun. this DM is stressed. Oh, he's because, working his he, ass off. Yeah. There's <laughs> there's a uh, character's name Walter and Payton. Walter talks like this, and Payton, Payton talks like this. Like he has a sinus, and Walter's like a bully, bully mong. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man.
1: Shout out to Podcast listeners. Newsberg. Yeah. I listen to so many podcasts. I'm usually like. I'll listen to music while I'm writing, like if I'm working on something, but like if I'm just chilling, like if I'm playing a game, mindlessly playing something, I'll have like either a podcast on or like a four hour YouTube analysis video on something I'm never going to watch or play. (laughs) Like like I, I'm probably never going to play this game. Let me hear a five hour video breaking down its lore, character story development, Yeah. (laughs) Wow, that was really
2: cool. <laughs> I want to I want to listen to more true play ones, but I don't want to listen to like the big big ones. I want to find these like smaller ones, the niche ones. Yeah, because I really liked um, Rooster Teeth's Tales from the Stinky Dragon, <laughs> and I would highly recommend that one to you. But I think Dungeons and Daddies is a little more casual. Ooh, it's a okay. lot more it's a lot more casual and it's a lot more fun. Um, Stinky Dragon is a good story. Um. They mostly know what they're doing because they, like, did a prep game beforehand. Like, all that. Like, um, Dungeons & Daddies seems like it was just, like, an idea that a bunch of people who knew each other who are in the biz of, like, gaming and media and all that. Like, the guy who plays Glenn Close is, um, is Freddie Wong, the Guitar Hero guy. Oh! uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um.
1: What the fuck? Small world.
2: Yeah. So, it's, like, it's cool. Like, I, I recommend Dungeons and Daddies. If you're looking for something to listen to, and you're like, I like comedy, maybe I want to s- stick straight away from the nonfiction. Like, I would give, I would get Dungeons and Daddies to listen to.
1: Okay, okay, all right. I think that's it for music slash listening. I think we'll just label that section music slash podcast yeah. stuff. It's just stuff you would listen to.
2: It'll be mostly music, but occasionally we might throw a podcast <laughs> in there.
1: Exactly. Um. So yeah, last section, we're gonna do gaming. I saved this for last, cause I wanted to talk about FS16 uh, pretty much as much as I could. And I didn't want to burn out any other time. Yeah. So just real quick to just talk about other stuff.
2: Spider-Man two show more stuff off.
1: Did you Ooh. see Venom?
2: Yeah. Oh shit. Did <laughs> you see the tweet that was slightly hinting at the ability to play Venom at one point in the game? No. Or okay. even like maybe when you beat the game, you can switch between people. That's
1: cool that's cool
2: as fuck hold on very cool
1: that would that would spider-man 2 might be heavy game of the year right there hell yeah heavy game of the year
2: i want to replay spider-man 1 and then i want to finally play miles morales just when i when i get the time
1: i would never finished the first spider-man same i played a lot of it but i haven't finished it i got
2: to the sinister six stopped playing picked it back up and was like oh the city's in chaos and i don't remember how to play
1: (laughs) i'm eventually gonna play it it's gonna be one of those times where i'm just like I have a pocket where, like, nothing yeah. new is interesting me enough to buy it, I'll be like, okay, cool, I'm going to play Spider-Man. Yeah. And I'll just play through, like, Spider-Man, all the DLC, Miles Morales, and then Spider-Man 2. Yeah. And I'll just – I know I'll get to it eventually, and I'll just binge through it because it, it looks sick. Uh, we know Rebirth is either coming out late this year or early 2024 or something like that because they said winter. Yeah. So that could, that could be early 2024, which I probably am leaning more towards. Um, and then I'm still playing through trails. I, I finished 16, so I was gonna go back to trails, and then I realized I was like, I never finished my Mass Effect run through of the Legendary Edition because a bunch of games were coming out. Mm. And I was doing a FemShep playthrough, and I hadn't never played through the game as like a female shepherd, so I'm like, let me finish that. I'm almost nice. done. I just gotta run through like three more main story missions, and I'm done with all three games pretty much. So I'm gonna do that, and then I'll go to trails, uh, to Azure, which is the second Crossbell game. Finally finish that, then I can catch up on the latest t- translated game, the latest localized one, Trails into Reverie. Mm-hmm. Cause that looks fun. I just know Azure is gonna take me a minute to get through cause just like with uh, Zero, it's it's only in Japanese. So I have to read everything. There's a lot of text, a lot of talking in Trails games. Yeah. like a lot and it's a blessing and a curse and i don't mind it but sometimes i'm just like holy fuck they are talking a lot (laughs) but yeah pretty much once once that happens that i can get into reverie it'll be dubbed so they'll still be talking a lot but at least i can listen instead of having to strain my eyes on text the whole time yeah I find that gets like way more exhausting than just listening yeah it really does <laughs> I'll just be like oh my god
2: I'm just reading they're still talking they're still i would be like cool
1: I got like two hours before I gotta go to sleep I'll play Trails for a little bit and I promise you like half of that would be them talking <laughs> like I was like, stop! I would play a section, get to a room, and they'd be like, let me hit you with a cutscene real quick. Oh my god! Let me finish the game! (laughs) Yeah, so I'm not even going to try to 100% Azure. I'm just going to get enough stuff to get good gear so I can play through it comfortably. But we're not doing all that extra shit. Which Trails is also famous for having a lot of extra shit you can do yeah <laughs> but um main thing main thing oh yakuza uh is having two games one this year i believe and one next so we have ishin which is a a little 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 guy guidance side story about yakuza's original protagonist which i believe is going to link up and connect to yakuza 8 so, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, which stars my boy, Ichiban Kaska. Uh, there was a trailer that got shown at, like, a Xbox Game Showcase. It was while I was on my honeymoon. It was literally the day after the wedding. Um, and I saw the trailer. And the cool part about the trailer is Ichiban, it, it starts with Ichiban waking up on a beach. And he gets up, and he's naked. So the whole time, like, there's stuff in the scene, like, blocking mm. his junk. And then he's like walking around, he's confused, and the and it, it's in Japanese, it's the sub, it's not the dub, but that worked out a lot, that works out perfectly. Uh, I, I played 7 dubbed, by the way, I don't care, judge me. I, the, the dub was fine, it was solid, it's not the olden days where dubs are not very good. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's walking around and he's confused, he doesn't know how he got there. But then like, some lady on the beach looks up and sees him, and it's like a blonde chick, and she's speaking English. So he's washed up somewhere in America, but he doesn't know how he got oh, there. Oh shit! <laughs> so I'm just like, "Hey, yo, what just happened?" <laughs> so I'm I'm really curious of how uh, the story of Infinite Wealth is going to play out. I don't know anything else. I haven't. I've chosen not to like research anything deeper into it. I kind of want to be surprised because when I played Like a Dragon, I didn't know much about it, so I went in mostly blind, and I absolutely adored it. That is one of my favorite games. It's is a great RPG. It's a great turn-based RPG, by the way, too. So, f- to all the Final Fantasy guys who were mad 16 wasn't turn-based, there's turn-based games out there, bro. So, that, that leads me to the, the, big, the big chunky one. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 has been out for a good minute now. Like, almost a month or just about. Yeah, longer than a month, actually. It came out, like, late no a month came out late june so i finished the game like two weeks ago week and a half ago so this is a review i've had time to sit with my thoughts and really overall know the score i want to give it and just talk about it uh i know a lot of people there's 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 a lot of controversy going on with this game which surprises me there's a lot of people that think this game is straight up awful and is a bad game and i like you're entitled to your opinion absolutely you do not have to like this game i 100 percent am fine with that there's just a lot of stuff that like people are like Yo, this game is horrible for this this that i just like fundamentally like disagree with after playing through the game and that's mainly gonna have to do with like a the the storyline and its characters uh there's other stuff that i can see someone's point with even though i don't necessarily agree i can understand why they feel that way yeah so this is a review of Final Fantasy 16. It's our first review of the new season. Official, official, official. Uh, so we're going to rank it like we did with the 40 yards grading scale. I won't go over the scores. I'll just give the overall number at the end. But I will talk about each aspect from my least favorite, like the weakest I consider, to the strongest. So let's get into it. Final Fantasy XVI is an action RPG uh, that came out in uh, June been out for a month. I played through it. Let's talk about it. So, my least favorite aspect of Final Fantasy 16. Stay with me now. Okay. Okay. Least favorite aspect. Gameplay. Interesting.
2: Now, Interesting.
1: It is not bad. At all. It's pretty good. There had to be a least favorite. And there's, there's a lot of reasons why it's least favorite. A lot of aspects. When I talk about gameplay, I'm talking about combat. I'm talking about how you traverse around and interact with the world. I'm talking about side quests. Does UI like
2: fit in here too? UI. Okay. All of that. All of that is a bundle.
1: Now, the reason let's let's talk about things I like. Uh, the person that did the 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 combat direction for this game, a lot of the action, as uh, works on Devil May Cry games. Oh, okay. So you're gonna get that kind of flavor. Yeah. For the a lot action of spins. combat, a lot of spinning around, <laughs> doing crazy shit with your abilities, comboing it up um looking like demons mm-hmm. now positive very easy to pick up and play you can do some stylish stuff uh you get skill trees throughout the game uh as you progress through the plot because there's story reasons we'll talk about the story once we get to the section for the story but uh you get more skill trees to do more abilities you can mix and match abilities as you put skill points into them skill points aren't given on level up you get a you get an amount of skill points after you finish every battle whether that be just roaming around in the wild whether it be a main combat scenario what have you you'll get points for that so when you get enough ability points to unlock a skill in this tree you can unlock it you can upgrade it or you can master it so when you get a tree Let's say you can equip up to three skill trees at a time. So the first one you get is the Phoenix. And then let's say you have like Titan and you have Garuda. Uh, These are three skill trees. They're all based on Summon stuff. Again, we'll get into that when we get to the plot. So each tree will have like what's called an iconic feat. So while you have that tree, that skill tree equipped to you, like activated and selected, you press, um, it's a PlayStation controller. You're gonna press circle You're gonna activate your Mm -hmm. iconic feet. I always get Xbox and PlayStation mixed up. This is only on like PS5, but even still, I've been playing games on all three consoles recently. Um, You press circle and you do your iconic feet. So Phoenix, for example, you can teleport, like you can dash forward and like teleport to gain a lot of distance and keep up with an opponent or get out of the way of stuff a lot easier. Garuda, it's called Deadly Embrace. So you have, like, Garuda's claw come out and, like, grab an opponent and drag them in. If it's a heavier opponent, someone that's not going to be knocked down normally, it'll propel you into the air by grabbing them and pushing off of them. Okay. But if they're staggered and they're off balance, you can grab them and then you'll knock them down so they'll be stunned longer. Stuff like that. So that's your iconic feat comes automatically and then you'll usually get, like, one or two abilities automatically unlocked in your skill tree. An additional ability can be unlocked, and an ultimate attack can be unlocked on those skill trees by spending skill points. When you upgrade skills, they improve certain aspects of them. Like, one of my personal favorite skills is an it's an Ifrit skill. It's called Willow Weeks. So it's like Will-O-Wist essentially. And normally it summons, I think, about like two, three fireballs that spin around you. So it can keep attacks away from you. You can juggle to do extra damage because the fireballs will be hitting people. So you can do a lot of combo potential off of it. When you upgrade, there's like a lot more. So you have like a field of fireballs spinning around you. And I love using that move. Every time when combat starts, I'm just like Willowinks. And then I'll switch to like Garuda and grab them and bring them into me. So now they're just running into the fireballs as I'm comboing with my sword. That's pretty cool. Your That's sword's cool. always going to have a standard four hit combo. So the ma- the name of the game is to combo, use a skill to extend your combo. So you're, you know, you're resetting your four slashes. Uh, You have a general button. You press triangle to do like a magic attack. So it's just a blast of magic. You can hold it to charge it and shoot a more concentrated blast of magic. Uh, Your sword, you can hold and charge. It'll channel with flame. You can do a flame slash. Air combos. You can do airdrops, stuff like that. A lot of basic stuff that you can link together along with your whatever iconic feats you have and whatever skills you have equipped. So each skill tree is limited to two skills. This does not include your iconic feet. Your iconic feet automatically there with the skill tree Then you have two empty slots. So you can have two regular abilities. You could have one regular ability and an ultimate. It's up to you how you want to do it. Some people see this as a negative because it's limiting you on skills. I disagree because it's encouraging you to customize and mix and match and figure out how you want to do things because The third upgrade to mastering a skill doesn't upgrade its ability anymore, but it allows you to equip that skill to any skill tree. So let's say I master Willowig's. Normally, that's going to go on the Phoenix skill tree only. That's what it's attached to. If I master that, I could equip Willowig's to Garuda's skill tree. Okay. So I don't necessarily only have to use wind abilities with that wind icon. I can attach a mastered ability to that. So now you have further mixing and matching. So you could have up to three iconic feats and six different abilities that might not even be related to those icons. Interesting. And there's up to seven skill trees by the end of the game. So you have a lot of stuff to experiment with. One negative that I disagree with with people in the game, people say like combat can get boring and stale after a while. I feel like that's because you're limiting your own creativity throughout the whole, I can see how it gets stale if you're using the same three skill trees the whole game. But that seems more like a you problem because you can yeah. switch stuff out.
2: Once you get OPs, switch things out to make it harder. And also, have the fun.
1: best part about the skill trees is you can refund skill points from trees, reset whole trees, no penalty. Oh, anytime you want. Let's say like, oh, I don't want to use this tree anymore. I need points to upgrade this ability, and I don't really use these abilities much. You can refund those points back, no penalty anytime nice. you feel like that's it, nice you can always readjust it so there is no excuse to not experiment because you have plenty of time to experiment another bonus there's something within like the gameplay that leads you to be able to climb uh, climb to do like challenge modes so you can replay levels as if they were arcade levels for higher scores or you can even go to a training mode essentially that lets you like summon different enemies to train with you can have their ai on or off and you can like set like cooldown times and other things so you can test out skills if you want test out different combos it encourages you to experiment with the combo okay. with the combat it encourages you to get good at the combat maybe you're not necessarily good with action combat you have plenty of time to practice without worrying about being killed every time you go out into the wild you can go to training mode and practice to your heart's content so there's not a lot of i i disagree with the fact that people say it gets boring Because as you're playing through the game, you're unlocking more skill trees and you're unlocking more skills. You can reset skill points to use it for other skills anytime you feel like. And you can create whatever kind of combinations you want. By the end of the game, I had ideal combinations of skill trees. I had different skill trees, different skills for each one that might not even be related to that tree because I like the way the moves mesh together. It's entirely up to you. Okay. So in regards to like combat getting stale it is only limited by your creativity i've also seen people online who are like are who are experienced that like you know devil may cry games absolutely breaking this game because this game is pretty easy <laughs> so they do insane shit that you can't that i didn't even think could be possible to do yeah. on the game i'm just like you can do that and they're just like endlessly chaining shit not dropping a single move or combo just doing random shit uh moves do have like cooldown timers but if you're good enough with your trees and understand like cooldown times for each one as you're swapping through your trees to do different abilities you probably most of the time won't have to wait on something to cool down because by the time you eat it again it probably will be ready to go yeah so again, limited by your skill and your creativity, but there's plenty of place and places and time to practice. So don't get me wrong when I say this is the weakest aspect. It still has a lot of good to it. Like the combat can be fun. On the downside though, I will say the game is painfully easy. It is, I did not struggle at all. I don't think I actually died a single time in the game. Uh, you get two difficulties, you get normal, and you get um, like kind of like a story-focused one, so that's like an easy mode. I played on normal. Um, I did do all the side quests, so it did give me extra experience to level up here and there. But even then, I didn't feel like I struggled too hard with any of the bosses. Maybe like a couple I did, they were giving me a hard time. But other than that, like, it's it wasn't super hard. Like I said, I never died. <laughs> like... And I didn't do any separate, like, I'm going to go out and level grind. I never had that mindset. Never had that grind set, you know? Yeah. So I will kind of count that as a negative because you can do all this cool shit and you can experiment a lot. But I can see someone saying the combat can get boring just because they're not feeling challenged enough. Yeah. I can agree with that because I did not struggle at all. And I'm not the greatest at action games. And I I had, like, no hard time. Period. Like... (laughs) uh still fun but yeah it can be easy i know you unlock essentially a hard mode difficulty after you beat the game it's called final fantasy mode and i know it, it does certain features and aspects to the combat you can only play it on new game plus Plus. and normally when you pick a difficulty you can switch between the two in the options menu as you play through okay. once you pick final fantasy mode, you cannot switch out of it okay so once you pick to play a playthrough on hard you have to play it on there's the, you, you can't, if it's too hard for you, you gotta get better at the game or start a new playthrough. Okay. Um, one benefit, another benefit I'll also give to the game in terms of gameplay, they released a demo like a week or two before the game fully came out. And it's essentially the prologue portion of the story to the game. So it's like the first like three hours, R- really good, really gets you accustomed to what's about to happen. And then the demo ends before, you know, the you really get into the nitty gritty. When you start your main profile, you can transfer your save data over so you don't need to do the prologue again. When you do new game plus runs, it always will skip the prologue. So you don't have to sit through that three-hour tutorial portion again, essentially. You'll get right into like, oh, okay, this is the time jump. This is where I actually get to play the game. I know some people might be like, well, what if I want to play that? It's not really like playing. Like, you, you barely have any ability. Okay. Like, you barely have any moves, so you're barely going to be comboing or doing anything. So I, I promise you, you're not missing much. You can always just watch the cutscenes again. You don't need to play that portion again. You just want to get into the game, where you can actually start doing stuff. Um. And then, that that's, like, the main of the positives. Uh, Getting into the negatives, they're not... None of the neg- I don't have any, like, major negatives for this game, I'll say it's a lot of small stuff but the problem is there's a lot of it mm. so i can see where a lot of controversy comes from that but it's not like necessarily like i didn't see anything in the game that i was like man this shit is horrible wow i'll just be like eh, that's kind of weird yeah mm. so one of the weakest points for the gameplay aspect and I, I count side quests for this because this is stuff you don't mandatory it's not mandatory you don't have to do it so i count it as gameplay because it's extra stuff you can do you can play in the game uh side quests for the most part are kind of boring they're kind of really dry and boring in terms of what you have to do it's a lot of like fetch questy stuff or like slay these monster things so that kind of sucks uh the team that worked on final fantasy 16 is the same team that works on 14 so a lot of that kind of bleed that mmos stuff kind of bleeds over they make up for it in other aspects but i'll have to talk about those aspects separately i'm purely talking about gameplay I will say uh, just kind of like as a precursor to when we get to that stuff the benefit of doing side quests and why I ended up doing I did every side quest in this game okay even though a lot of them are boring there's like 76 side quests and I want to say like maybe like 10 of them were fun kind of the rest of them it's not like oh such a slog but I'm like yeah, it is kind of boring yeah I ain't gonna lie uh it does benefit with interacting in terms of gameplay because it does kind of make the world feel more alive when you interact with the side quests, and that has a lot to do with like story stuff okay so i'll get to that but when you when you do the side quests, they can be boring but like the lore benefits and the story benefits and getting to know people it does open up the world and it is refreshing and it does have benefits to your gameplay certain side quests do uh, there's like a certain side quest chain that you can use, and every time you finish one on it as you play throughout the game, it expands your inventory space. You do not have inventory space to have 99 potions and 99 high potions because this is an action RPG. So you could just spam using potions all the time. You're not taking turns. So I get why they limit you to a certain amount. But if you do these quests, it expands your bag space. So now. Let's say at the start of the game, I believe you can only have like four potions and like two high potions, but I got an upgrade. So then it was like, oh, you can carry six potions and three high potions. Oh, now you can carry this many potions and this many high potions. So if you want more potions, if you really need them, especially you'll probably need them in Final Fantasy mode, you want to do those side quests to max out your backspace. Yeah. You can upgrade. There's certain side quests that'll upgrade the potency of potions. So potions will heal more HP. Uh, stone skin tonics that increase like your durability and defense will last longer stuff like that there's side quests that'll let you get more weapon schematics so you can make better weapons like stronger gear there's uh, a side quest you have a chocobo spoiler okay. you have a chocobo uh it's a white chocobo her name is ambrosia and in the of course and the prologue she protects you from an attack and her eye gets fucked up and you don't know if she survived or not through the prologue i'll get to that in the story but there's a side quest you do where you end up finding Ambrosia
2: and you get to ride chocobos. I was like, W game, you get chocobos. That's cool that it's a side quest too. It's like you might not even get to this. Yeah, you
1: might miss the fact that you can get Ambrosia. And not only is it cool for like a story standpoint, because I'm like, oh my god, you get your chocobo. And she has a little eye patch now. She gets set up with I was like, oh. But you can call her to traverse the map, and you're and she was guarding like a group of chocobos and protecting them from monsters and they were fighting monsters off to help chocobos in the area so every time you call her your party will also get chocobos because of her little group so you're just riding on chocobos if you need to get across like a map faster boom that'll that'll help you you'll That's traverse cool. a lot faster than just walking especially if it's a point you can't fast travel to so i was like see there's like benefits to doing the side quests that are worth it overall but the actual like objectives in the side quest are really boring and i mentioned weapon crafting that's another thing uh and overall the rpg elements uh besides like skill tree stuff it doesn't it feels more like an rpg light kind Mm, of game okay rather than just like an rpg so i can see why a lot of people who are more into like the turn-based rpg aspects of final fantasy are like bummed out about this I will say, though, to say, like, this isn't a real Final Fantasy game is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. You know how, you know it's a Final Fantasy game? It has Final Fantasy in the title. You cannot like, you have the right to dislike a Final Fantasy game because you don't like gameplay aspects of it or the story or the combat or something. You can say, I don't like this Final Fantasy game because it's not my style but we're not going to sit here and be like, this is really a fun fit. Shut yeah. up. They're all, they
2: all have their own unique style. You and sound like and the and niggas that knows.
1: say Final Fantasy 14 isn't a real Final Fantasy game because it's an MMO, even though it's one of the highest selling games of all time. Probably one of the best online experiences for an MMO with like a currently huge player base getting constant expansions. I believe they just did an announcement for their new expansion today. <laughs> after they just finished like their huge build up storyline that they they built up to with endwalker previously that my roommates were like super hyped and gushed over so yeah to say that ff14 isn't a real final fantasy you sound salty and sad grow up um the same thing with 16 but yeah it does feel very rpg light like yeah i can upgrade swords and visually the sword will look different. It's a different design and the same thing with your gear, but it just feels like there's no like benefits to it besides a stat increase. It's not like, oh, this sword has this special effect or this gear has this added effect. Uh, There's certain accessories that give you certain effects, but you don't craft those. You find those or earn them from like side quests or rewards or stuff like that. The stuff you craft is purely just stat boost. Yeah so it does kind of take you out of that because there's no like alternate abilities there's no like there's not really status effects in the game either and i can understand in one way why they chose to do that both gameplay wise and story wise like gameplay wise i can see why in the action game you didn't want to like try to balance the whole status thing out i feel like they could have done it but they chose not to so it's not like Malboro's you know big nasty tentacle monster that has the bad breath thing that causes all the status effects that thing will blow black, bad breath at you and you get hit by it. You're just going to take a bunch of damage. It's not like you're going to run out of HP. Or yeah. I mean, uh, get poisoned or burned or anything like that. So, that I do kind of count that as a negative because that's very RPG Final Fantasy-esque. And that's not in the game. There is some story stuff I'll bring up where status effects do kind of play a role in the story. Like, one specific one. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Okay. Um, but there's that. Uh, like I said, again, besides the skill tree, there's not really much to, like... Customize for your character you are just clive uh i'm mixed about the idea of this your party members you only control clive you only control clive you do not control any other party members you do still have a party i've heard people say you don't have a party in this game that's not true you will constantly have people coming in and out joining you on certain missions for certain story reasons some people that are there with you long term uh, but you can't control these characters, and you can't really even issue them commands, which I will ding as a negative. If I'm not playing as them, I at least want to be able to like give them some sort of like, hey, take the offensive, or be defensive, or something like that. Like the Gambits in 12. Yes, exactly. The only character you can kind of semi-control is your dog, Torgel, uh, who's great, and you get a few commands you can issue to him. But it's just a few things, and it's like the only one you can do that yeah so i I thought it was weird i feel like they could have really taken advantage of like teaming up especially with the whole like crazy skills you can do but team ups attacks seem to be by chance maybe you catch like your ai ally doing something you jump in to help but other than that you can't really control it so it's like a lot of small issues but it's like it adds up and i kind of can see why people like get put off by certain experience of it uh this game isn't open world it's more of a semi-open world thing so you'll have like big map that you can go to and traverse like that big map area and then there's like a big map you can go to and you traverse that area because there's different like countries so that's how the maps are, are separated some people are like oh it's not big enough i personally think it's fine we don't need a big open world with fucking nothing in it yeah you can make it big enough to feel like okay yeah this is distinct you know like i this is an area I will say it does kind of lack, like, um, if you're not doing side quests, it does kind of lack that uh, lively feeling. Like I said, one of the benefits to the side quests, it, it, it makes you feel engaged with the world. But that's if you do the side quests. Yeah. Those are optional things. So if you're if you're not, like, in a town and you're just out in the map, you're not really going to feel, like, that interacted with it. Like, you can sometimes feel immersed, but that's, like, different th- reasons for it. So that's why i have gameplay at the bottom because i feel like all the other aspects of this game hit a little better than gameplay i feel like if i had to point out the most negatives it would be with gameplay still good still great still had a good time playing it was not bored with it but if i had to critique something in the game that that's the one i'm going at the most so uh for the next one this one's going to be quicker uh we're going to talk about audio so that's gonna be sound effects music voice acting uh the only reason why this one is third I just think the other two are way better for separate reasons but don't get it twisted the audio is fantastic uh music score great oh my god (laughs) a lot of these tracks are really good they're really iconic oh one cool gameplay feature that ties into the music so we can transfer this over there's this machine that somebody made that you can put orchestra scrolls into, and it'll play music. Okay, (laughs) that's cool. So you can listen to various songs in the game, and you can unlock these scrolls by completing certain story missions, finding them in chests, or buying them in stores. So you can get different songs to play at your, like, hub base. You have a hub base, too. Uh, I wanted to talk about that in the story, but in terms of gameplay, this is going to be your main hub before you go out into the world to do a side quest story mission. You can stock up on items, uh, go to the blacksmith, like I said, to do the weapon upgrade, chilling your room. There is a little collectibles you can get for completing certain side story chains, like side quest chains. And so you have different like awards and like artifacts from those that add up as you play through the game. So over time you'll have like this wall of like cool stuff that you did over the game, which I want to tie into something later, which is why I didn't mention it too much. But uh, the soundtrack is great. It really does fit the theme and the vibe you have songs that kind of have like more rocky sound to like something that fits that more medieval like game of thrones esque sound to stuff where they have like the latin choir in the background singing when you get to the epic giant boss fights like it has a large variety but it all meshes together really well uh voice acting is phenomenal uh they they sold it for me bro that and the for the most part the script writing Uh, and the voice acting they did a great job uh i love clive's voice actor i love clive in general we're going to talk about that in a little bit but um clive's voice actor fucking kills it like every time he expresses any kind of emotion i like feel it to my core i'm just like yo they 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 had a good time doing this you can tell it's very good and i'm still stuck in british world after playing xenoblade chronicles because everyone has a british accent in this game so it didn't throw me off i know some people were kind of thrown off because they're not used to hearing games but like full british cast but recently i have been because i played through fucking three xenoblade games and three expansions yeah (laughs) so i'm like yeah this is par for the course for me (laughs) but uh yeah they do a good job um sound effects You know that's something you're probably not going to be paying attention to a lot it's kind of just gonna mesh in with the game but I consider that a good thing I don't want the sound effects to stand I want it to feel natural if I'm not questioning how something sounds you probably did a good job with it yeah (laughs) I'm not like oh fuck it sound like that that was weird it's just uh, when I'm in the battle I want to be immersed in the battle and part of that is the sound effects like the sword slashing into somebody magic blowing up on somebody's face when you use a certain ability how that sounds and i never really questioned it it just fit really well like a titan skill tree uh his icon ability is like titan block so you can put up a shield made of like stone and earth and it blocks off damage but if you essentially do like a perfect block like a perfectly timed block he'll the move will parry off of them and you'll counter okay and like the sound of doing that parry is so perfect that 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 sound cue of that just like, boom, like, oh, you fucked up. Yeah. Bow. <laughs> just, like, it, it all works and meshes together really well. The music, while, like, really powerful, it doesn't overwhelm any of the scenes. It's not like, whoa, this is way too loud. It's like the volume is put where it's necessary. Like, yeah, this needs to be this loud because we're in the middle of this giant boss fight and these things are screaming at the top of their lungs. Yeah, get that orchestra pumping the the voice up you know get the get the choir singing uh but if they're having a dialogue and like a cutscene in the middle of the boss fight the music gets to like a point in like the song it's not like the volume lowers it's like the song kind of has like that interlude or that break in the middle of it before it gets back into the battle and then it ramps up again so they they balance everything really well i don't have a lot of negatives to say about the music um besides i guess my one thing i guess is um it's similar to how I felt about uh, *Legends: of Arceus*, hmm. where like Pokemon is f- one of the best things about Pokemon, even if you don't like a lot of the games, like a modern games. Music usually always fucking hits. Yeah. The the soundtracks are always just great. Uh, my only criticism of Arceus when I was playing it is like there's a lot of more like ambient sounds, and I get it because you're in like that open environment, and you're like sneaking up on a Pokemon. So they're not playing music they're kind of just playing the sounds of the outside or the music's really, really somber. Yeah. That can happen when you're traverse- traversing maps. Like the music can be like that in 16 and it's not really like something that I, that I'm going to remember as heavy as stuff, uh, from like cutscenes or boss battles, but it's, it's fine just because, you know, they're just setting the theme for that map and setting the tone. They want you to be more into the environment rather than the music. But, it does like kind of take away like because you know certain maps and other Final Fantasy games could have music where uh, wow I remember this map because you you hear that song and you're brought back to that that place yeah in the game you can't really have that in 16 due to the nature of it but you can be brought back to that boss fight you can be brought back to that cutscene because you remember that song like uh there's a there's a specific boss fight where I just remember that song playing. Cause it was, it, it was so like, the track was so standout compared to like the other music I had heard in the game thus far, but it fit the event that was happening. It's, it's my favorite, like kind of like arc section of the story. And like it built up in, to this point where it's just like oh fuck shit is going down let's go i love it and so that song fit perfectly so when i hear that song i think of that boss battle or if i even see a clip of that boss battle i immediately start hearing that song so you know stuff like that but music great but these other two things i think are a little better one the second one for a very striking reason and that is the visuals So we're talking about the graphics, the particle effects, art style, all the environments. This game is on PS5. This game is absolutely stunning. Uh, First of all, I always got to bring it up. The PS5 load times are fucking crazy, so I love starting up the game immediately being dropped in this gorgeous environment wherever I go, where no matter what map I left off on or if I'm just at my home base, I'm like, wow, this is pretty. (laughs) Like, the environments are really detailed, so, like, you'll go to, like, uh, let's say, this place called the duchy of rosaria it has kind of like this marsh swampy grassland environment so you'll get a lot of that some areas are foggy you 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 feel that terrain you like kind of feel immersed into that map so what it lacks in like immersion in the sense of like engaging with the world visually you're kind of taken to that place yeah uh there's a desert area i know some people aren't super hype about deserts maps and video games but i think domekia is pretty cool uh, there's a lot of like uh, iconic places. There's like one place where they get like hot spring water from, so it's very like stone looking instead of sand. And there's like hot pools of water everywhere. I like the way that area looked. There's there's something you can take away from. Everywhere there's this place called Belode which has a lot of old kingdom ruins. There's like a lot of cliff sides. Yeah. The land kind of looks dead due to story reasons. Every map looks very distinct, and so you you can always tell where you are, because Every map looks so different from each other. It's not like, I don't know where I am, some forest somewhere. But in reality, it's like, oh, usually the only time you'll see a forest is if you're in like Sandbrick. So I'm probably in Sandbrick, and you are. <laughs> like, stuff like that. Uh, also, graphic wise, the character models look great. I love watching a cutscene and seeing like the high definition graphics of the cutscene. And then it shifts in the gameplay and it looks exactly the fucking same. Um,. <laughs> I always get spoiled hopping off the PS5 and playing something on my my Xbox One or my Switch because I'm just like, man, this is taking a long time to load. Wow, that looked a little better in the cutscene. Where like in the PS5 overall, I feel more immersed on the new gen consoles because um, the load time is so fast and like the graphic graphical difference between like cutscene and gameplay is so minuscule <laughs> that you don't even notice, and you're just like, wow. You're just you're just i felt wrapped up in the world i usually play it in the the game in the evening a lot of the time so i'd have my headphones on and i would just be traveling the map like doing a side quest going to the next main story objective or something i'm just like and i would just stop and look at stuff i took so many pictures (laughs) of this game Hmm. i was like wow this is beautiful wow this is beautiful or there'd be like a, a certain camera shot and like a story cut scene i was like wow i love that let me take a picture of that uh You'll see like these giant crystals, which are called the mother crystals. They're all stunning because they're just like these giant crystals, uh, and they'll be different colors. And like one of them, I believe they're uh, Sambrex, It's called like Drake's Head. It's like this giant white mother crystal, kind of looks like a mountainside. And they built their capital R all around it. So behind the big castle, or like even like next to the the castle, is the giant mother crystal. So seeing that shot at night, you're just like, whoa. <laughs> the like light reflecting off it is gorgeous. It like kind of has like this dim light over the kingdom even when it's nighttime. It, it, it's really cool. Like they they did a great job. Uh, a lot of people were worried about like the particle effects from like combat in this game because a lot of the time I show the cutscenes and it was like whoa a lot of shit is just exploding on the screen. I wonder if I'll be able to see what the hell I'm doing when I'm playing. I promise you, while you're playing the game, this is not this is not an issue i thought that was going to be an issue there's going to be too much shit happening on screen at once to be worried and so you'd be worried about it that's usually like one of my bigger gripes with action rpg games like that there's there's too much flashing of explosions and light and so i can't see the cool thing because i'm just like well it just looks like everything's on fire you can you can see what you're doing i promise you you'll you'll be able to see what you're doing the only time, like, you might not be if, if you're doing, like, an ultimate attack, but at that point, it's like, well, you're supposed to be looking at the ultimate attack, so it's not really hurting your experience overall. Uh, the game is gorgeous. I, I, I believe even people with negative reviews, they would, we all agree, the game the game is stunning. <laughs> like, I, I showed Ryan some cutscenes from it, and I was like, and, and one thing I didn't say, I'm just like, this is usually just how the game looks. This is even just, like, only cutscene. Like, the cutscenes will look a little better, because, you know, they're cutscenes. But it's, like, almost in the the same in-game engine. So there's not a big difference between gameplay and just, like, watching something. It, it's very seamless. And it gave me that same, like, ooh feeling as when I played Final Fantasy seven uh, Remake. And I played that on the PS4. And I thought that looked great, especially when a transition from cutscene to gameplay. So this is, like... A step up. I'm just like, holy fuck. <laughs> so yeah, so game uh, graphics, visuals, number two. So that leaves number one. My favorite part about this game is the story. And I know I said the thing with the most flaws was the gameplay, but the story is not perfect either. I'm not gonna get super deep in the story because we will be here too long. I just wanna highlight why this is my favorite part of the game. Because Despite all the little flaws I saw throughout the game through everything whether it be from the gameplay the minor sound things I didn't have a lot of issues visually or even like some of the story issues I have with how they were telling the plot or certain plot beats that would happen there be all these little issues But for some reason deep down like at my core I could not help but be like I still love this Like this is still great. I'm having such a good time and I think because at the core of the story and its characters the message it gives is overall really really powerful and the message of the game is uh it's not only like these ideals of like free will and challenging god you know general rpg stuff that can happen sometimes which i think they did really well in this aspect there's also a very strong theme of love in this game and i feel like with a character like clive he is a very strong example of what people say when they want more positive masculinity and less toxic masculinity. Clive is a very, very good example of more positive masculinity. Clive is a character and you you see Clive grow up. The prologue of the game, Clive is 15. Then it fast forwards 13 years. Then there's like another five year time skip when you get to the second act of the game. So by the time we get to like second and third act, Clive is 33 years old and we watched this man go through so much shit within those 18 years uh he was the son of the duke of the duchy of rosaria bunch of shit goes down in the prologue and the duchy is just kind of ruined his father is dead he believes he killed his brother or someone killed his brother and then he sold into slavery so uh basic rundown is in the world of 16 magic does exist but magic normally comes from the mother crystals these giant crystals that different kingdoms and countries have built their lands around you take little bits of the mother crystal you have a crystal in your hand you can use that to use some magic so you can light a fire fill a bucket with water dry your clothes with some wind but those crystals have specific charge times so once that charge runs out you can't use that little bit of crystal anymore so there's This worry that, you know, eventually they're going to run the Mother Crystals dry. Uh, They're still huge, so they probably have plenty of time for that, but, you know, that's still a worry. There are people in the world called bearers who are born with the ability to naturally use magic. They do not need crystals. So in the Society of 16, a lot of, well not even a lot, all bearers usually are made slaves so they're made to use their magic to do the chores and stuff like that so you don't have to use crystals as much so it sustains the crystal thing and there's a lot of story stuff and side quest stuff you can uh find that show like you know reasons why they did that to kind of keep society in check and like the lies that got the bearers into that point in the first place but you know they they use it because they're scared of the crystals running out they want the crystals to last as long as possible. So bearers aren't even seen as people, they're seen as tools. Because that's what they're used for. They're used for chores. They're used to be slaves and houseworkers like that. And naturally you would think, well, why don't the bears just rebel? They can use magic. Because there's something called the Crystals Curse. The crystals Curse is when a bearer uses too much magic like all at once or eventually over the years, their body starts turning the stone. It gets petrified. Like the stone status effect. Yeah. And it is agonizingly painful, apparently. That's where you're told, like, when it gets to those final stages where they can't even, like, get up and walk, they're in constant pain until their body is fully toned to stone, then they turn to dust and die. Because when you use magic, it needs a conduit to burn through. So bearers, it is their bodies. So eventually they're going to die, just like how crystals eventually run out when you use the crystals for magic. So now these slaves are being worked to death. So it's kind of hard for them to fight back because even if they wanted to with their magic, they run the risk of the crystal's curse spreading even faster, Mm. depending on how long they fight back, how much magic they use at once. There's some people who have stronger magic tolerance, like people who are chosen to be dominants. Dominants are people who have the spirit of an icon or the, the giant summons within them. Some cultures see them as gods there's a certain country that sees it as an abomination and a disrespect to like the crystals since they worship it as a god Mm. but dominance can channel this spirit or this icon in prime which is them turning into the summit so Joshua which is Clive's younger brother has the Phoenix so he's seen as like oh you have the Phoenix you're going to be the next Duke of Rosaria even though Clive is firstborn Clive did not get the Phoenix but, um, you know, that can eventually burn through your power too because you're using massive amounts of magic to prime. You might just last longer than a normal bearer. So there's that idea of just, like, bears being free. Clive becomes a bearer for, like, 13 years. He's stuck in that, but he's thirsting for revenge. So it, initially it starts off as a revenge story, but Clive kind of slowly starts to remember the truth and realize it was him that attacked Joshua. But the problem with that is there are... Seven Dominants. So there's seven icons. Technically there's eight, but one of them was lost. So it's not in the game. They call it Leviathan the Lost. So that would have been the water icon. But there's one for each element. And there's only supposed to be one for each element. So Joshua is fire. He's the Phoenix. But for some reason, during that night in the prologue, Clive transforms into Ifrit, who is another icon of fire. So then you have this mystery of like, how can Clive do that? Why did that happen? And he had no control, so he attacked Joshua and believes he kills him. So he has to go through this phase of like like understanding that and accepting that. He wants to like die when he realizes that. He's like, oh my god, for the last 13 years, I've been thinking of revenge. And now I found out, and I have to face the fact that it was me. (laughs) And there's points in the game where he has to accept that, and he learns to accept that so he can better control Ifrit. Story keeps going along, you got like a mentor character. Sid is in this game, he plays a mentor character, he does some tinkering. He is also the dominant for uh, Ramu, the Lightning Summon, so the old man with the Lightning Staff, which I thought was dope as fuck. Uh, Jill is another one of the characters in the game, she's the dominant for Shiva, it's Clive's love interest. She uh, was a ward from a Northern Territory the Duchy had taken over, so she wasn't like a slave per se, they like raised her there. And she, you know, grew up with Clive and Joshua and she has feelings for Clive. So another aspect of Clive's character is accepting intimacy from others, whether it be romantic or not. He feels very awkward around people. And there's this uh, clash between him and Joshua in terms of like, Joshua feels like people only like him because he's the Phoenix. So they have to like him whereas clive feels like he has something to prove because he didn't get the phoenix so he feels like oh i'm kind of letting my people down so the next thing i can do is protect joshua and be his knight and be his guard so you kind of have that crossing clive doesn't feel like he can get close with people even though they like praise him and celebrate him for all his victories he doesn't really party with them a lot so as you play through the game and clive becomes sort of like this leader and hero for the bearers and like the freed you know the freed bears and all of that and your little ragtag group he's learning to open up he's learning to trust people and accept people more but he's still kind of like that manly character like he's he's buff he's like an older dude he has like this scar like you can have that form of masculinity and still have like kindness you can still be willing and open to help people one of his best friends is this dude gav and they're always super tight gav tells jokes all the time he's your comic relief character but they're super close. During the last mission, before Clive leaves, they have this hug, Gab's crying. Like Clive is that example of like what men should strive to be ideally with the idea of just being open towards accepting your feelings, being open towards accepting help from others. And that's what makes them all the more stronger to push forward. You're not in it alone, essentially, which is what clashes with the main antagonist, this character Ultima who is the god that created their world ultima essentially came from another world and he invented magic or their his species did the problem with him inventing magic was the side effect was it drained life from their homeworld and caused this thing called the blight the blight is something that's been currently going on in the main plot of final fantasy 16 too. like a lot of land has been dying out and sid theorizes it comes from the crystals the more they use the crystals the more it burns through life from the planet, like how the bears burn through their own life when they use magic. So originally, Clive's goal was to destroy all the crystals, destroy magic from the world, stop the blight. Eventually, it might take centuries, generations. People would have to learn to live without magic. It's going to get good before it gets better. But overall, that's what's best for the world. All part of Ultima's scheme. He came to that world seeing like, oh, it's brimming with a lot of like ether. We could use this to revive our species. But it's going to take time. So he created the Mother Crystals to drain the ether from the world so he could build up enough magic power to do it. But then he would need a body strong enough to withstand it that wouldn't burn out from using that ether. So he created humanity to do that. Eventually, he wanted a vessel that could handle that. And that's why they have Dominants that can summon those icons because they're potential candidates to do so. But Clive is the candidate to do so. That's why he's Efrid. He's like the true summon form. And he can drain magic from other icons. And that's how you get your extra skill trees and get your other summon stuff. So Ultima wants to use humanity to restore his own race at the cost of them. (laughs) So the problem with that is humanity got free will. Because he made them and he was like, cool, I'm asleep. (laughs) And wait for the vessel to show up. So when they called to their god and no one answered, they had to fend for themselves. So in a roundabout way, he fucked himself over. Yeah. Because he calls humanity having free will the ultimate sin, but it's like, you're the reason the ultimate sin exists. So it's it leads to that clash of like, humanity gets to live on their own, they should live on their own, we should have our free will to choose, and Obel's like, fuck you, I made you for this. Yeah. But Ultima loses because Ultima is alone. <laughs> And so that's the whole buildup to that. And I just feel like the game does a really good job expressing Clive growing as that person. Clive's not like God, but Clive is able to beat said God because he's not in it alone. He's not shutting people. He hears people, you know, in need and crying out for help. And Clive answers that call, which is why it does pay off to do the side quests because you are engaging with those people. You're helping those people. And it can affect you or it can affect even like the state of the world in certain smaller aspects so now you have all these people who believe in you and have faith in you you look at that wall of like artifacts you've gained from doing side quest storylines that you remember like this is when i help these people this is when i help these people and it benefits the not just for them but for the story overall and like the state of like certain events in the world so it, it like culminates to clive being what ultima should have been and it's funny because had ultima done that his plan probably would have succeeded because humanity wouldn't have had said free will to begin with but because he chose to shun them and treat them as a tool they were able to gain the will to fight back and clive being like that hope for them which is why i thought it was even though they do the corny final fantasy joke i thought it was epic when clive did it because it was like yeah, no one. We're gonna bear witness to your last moments because you have no one. Yeah. You are just you. You're alone, and he, Clive, succeeds. <laughs> so magic is destroyed from the world. Spoiler it's vi- alert! I've been spoiling the game. Um, if Clive uh, lived or died, very ambiguous at the end of the game, if he did or not. Uh, they do not outright say it, but after like credits roll, there's an end game cut scene. That I guess looks to be set way, way later in time, maybe centuries have passed, where these kids are getting wood for a fire for their mom, and instead of like casting some kind of magic to light the fire, he's using like a little flip rock. Yeah. And then he says, I wish I had the power of an icon and then his mom mentions like, Oh, you're reading those fairy tales again, so maybe time has passed by so much that those are stories of legend. Yeah. It is a fantasy of what could have been and it's been so long since magic existed they don't even realize it really happened yeah but clive in the team in the long run succeeded in their goal now everyone gets to live and be free people can live and die on their own terms which is which is the goal for the the team something clive realized when he became a bearer himself yeah okay and it's just like that's that's a beautiful message and of course the theme of love carrying everything through especially with clive and jill's relationship too, how he slowly over time opens up more to her Uh, i know a lot of people criticize their romance they're just like it they like trauma bonded and i'm like i wouldn't really say that like they kind of in certain ways but their romance isn't fully based off of that they have a background together growing up before the trauma clive is slowly learning to open up and trust people more that's kind of like the whole point yeah That's why Clive is able to succeed where Ultima failed. And I, the game has certain story beats that I'm just like, not a little weird. I don't know about that. But overall, I think they succeeded in the message they were trying to bring. And if this team does make a mainline game like that again, I feel like they can do a much better job building off of this base. So those are my overall thoughts on like the main plot. And that's pretty much the review. So, overall, I gave the game about, like, a 33 and a half. Okay. So, it's up there. It's, like, an A- for our grading scale. Uh, It's not perfect. It loses points, you know, for the things I said before. But at its core, it's this beautiful story that, you know, words can't give justice. You have to experience it, I would say, if you ever have the time. It's not a super long game. It's only as long as you dedicate your time to. Like, uh... I slacked around a lot like I think my my game time is probably longer than it should be just because there are points where I'm like I pause it and I'm walked away to do something it's probably like a 60 hour game if even if you do like all the side quests okay. it's probably like a 60 70 hour game so it's long it's not like super long it's not gonna be that 150 hour RPG that's become the norm so if you do have the shot to play it you've been on the fence about it I say give it a chance just for the story alone uh, and the characters. I think it was beautiful. I know some people are like, the characters feel like they don't have personality. I just disagree with that. Everyone had like this trait about them or these characters about them, these aspects that made them feel so real, especially when you interact with them. The more you interact with them, the more they feel like people because they have their own problems, their own issues. And you help them with that and they open up to you more. They express each other more. The bond, the feeling of togetherness that these people in your like hideaway have feels really strong by the end of the game if you've done everything so those are my thoughts i wanted to really talk about the game just because i really really enjoyed it again some people might not like it that is okay that is perfectly fine it's not a perfect game but i think it just is a great story at the end of the day and clive uh in my top three protagonists in final fantasy (laughs) this is just like he he shot up there for me (laughs) so that is it that that's all i gotta say about that and i think that's about it for the podcast episode for this week so you know catch us next time what we'll be talking about we don't know we never know we'll talk about it when we get there any final thoughts days nope (laughs) (laughs) nope yeah that was a long ass review that's why i wanted to save it for last uh But anywho, I have been Hiccup. I've been joined by Days. We are back at it again. Catch us every other Friday on here. We will have post shows coming up soon. Probably not this time around, but soon. I gave you episode zero, so that balances it out, I guess. Uh, And we will catch you next time. Much love to you guys. Thank you for all the love and support. Peace out.
0: A sky of scattered tears A thousand years